everything up to date, apparently. I don't know what how that works out. <laughs> I mean, I'm still on fucking Windows 7, so... That is true. Why are you still on Windows 7? This is I'll like... Get around uh, to the question. It. The question for the ages. I'll get around to it eventually. You are possibly, like, aside from Paul, my most tech-savvy friend, and yet you still just insist on using, like... That OS is 10 years out I of I don't, date. like, change, basically. It's because I'm used to it and it fucking works for me. And so I'm very much like a, if it, like, it's the same fucking reason I still use an iPod classic. It's very much an, if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation with me. Fair. fair. And and why I'm still, you know, like the, the pixel five is out now and I'm still on the fucking pixel two and shit. Cause like yeah. they work fine for me. So I, I don't see okay. a great need to, to get a new one. I'll accept that as a premise. <laughs> I don't accept it as like a lifestyle or anything like that. Cause I, <laughs> No, I'd rather I like my new toys too much. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I um, I do too. But like, just you know, when I have the need for them, like I've been buying plenty of like new tech shit. Like I just got some. Uh, I lost my fucking headphones a couple weeks ago, so I picked up a nice like convertible set. So like they're they're, okay. they're still sure, and they still do like the detachable thing, which is really nice because they have like a wireless setup, like a Bluetooth setup. So I don't have to have that fucking adapter for my phone anymore, but they also can still work on a cord so I can plug like into my computer and shit like to do this. Sure does quality work on their headphones. Like would I will endorse Sure's like headsets and stuff like that. I think that's what I use to drum and I use like for sounding like actual sound stuff when I don't want my hearing to be damaged. Yeah, and their their in ear sets are are so good for like uh, oh my no, God. for noise canceling. Um, you know, if you ever have industry best anything. guys, this isn't this isn't even an ad. I wish we were fucking sponsored <laughs> by Sure. You know what I mean? Like that would be fantastic. I am recording right now, so just so we, we're all clear. <laughs> well, the other really cool thing with the the wireless set is um that they, they are like a headset, right? So like I can yeah. use it for for um, phone calls and shit. Um, but because they've got a microphone in them, they have like an ambient noise setting where you can actually let through the ambient noise if you want yeah. to. So like if I'm ever like using these on a bike or something like that, I don't have to worry about like not being able to hear my surroundings. There's literally a function in iOS now built in like with the AirPods and stuff. I've used it before for like, we're like, yeah, it's like sound pass through basically. Yeah. We're like, it lets you like, it makes you look, but it, it's sneaky, right? Cause it makes you look like you're not fucking listening. Like yeah. you could use it like sneakily. Yeah. He could but, use it to ignore people and, and yeah. And, and still make hear them, what they're saying yeah, about exactly, you. Yeah. Eavesdrop and, and think, make people think that they're not, you're, you're not listening to them. So there is that, but I was like, I, I mean, it's cool. It's just, I don't know. I like playing with the toys, I guess. I have no idea anymore. And what were, we, what were we even talking about? Your Firefox just can't fucking seem to run for. It must be because it's running in Windows Seven, right? Like that has to be. I guess I don't fucking know. That's weird because like I've I or just that I have a have. million tabs open. <laughs> I mean, I have a million tabs open too. I'm a redditor. You should see how many tabs I have open on like a regular basis. It's sad, yeah, but like a big week for redditors. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I wish I had money right now. I'd have like just thrown in a couple bucks just to see what happened. But like, yeah, at least at least you grabbed a couple of shares, but not much. And then and then got out uh, at a good time. Nice, good for all. Oh, that's awesome. Because the uh, yeah, the, it was strong like Joker energy running through that whole thing. Yeah, it was very much. Let's see the world burn or just fucking. <laughs> it's not even. It was. It's that like the the line where he's sliding down the fucking the 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 tower of money, oh, and right. he's like he's like money's like you know. I I can't remember what the line is anymore. I wanted to post the gift today, but it's like money burns basically, right? Like yeah. everything else, you know, there's other things to do. And I was like, this is, that was the energy I was getting from it. It's like today, there's a couple posts that were just like, I'm not even planning to make money on this. At this point, I just like watching these old fucks 
complain <laughs> that we had a fucking aneurysm. Yeah, because we we figured out how to fuck with their ATM. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is basically all it was all day. It was just old guys complaining about redditors had figuring out a way to fuck up their money casino or whatever they used to stock market it donk meme <sighs> hey man i'm glad <laughs> like i like that kind of energy going on in the world you know what i mean like that's yeah. some that's some fine anarchic like energy i can live with so. some hacktivism kind of things yeah yeah Hey, you, what do we want? We keep talking. Sorry, oh, yeah. supposed to keep talking. Episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're hosting, bud. Uh, I'm leaving that in. That fucking that. That's. I don't know why I in. you're hosting, but I'm definitely hosting. So welcome back. Yeah, I would this, definitely have not made me watch this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is uh, Dance Robot Dance episode 236. I am Tim. I am going to be hosting this episode of our weekly podcast where we discuss all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe work point of view. Coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, and with me, I have my partner in crime, Mark. Say hello, Mark. What's up, everybody? How's it going out there in Radio Land? I don't even know what's going on anymore. What are we doing? <laughs> are we doing a podcast now? I think we good? so, yeah. I don't know. I right. talked for a bit, and then I forgot that I was hosting, and yeah, we're, I guess, supposed to be doing a podcast of some sort. Okay. So yeah, well, let's uh, start out by getting into this week's news. I had a window. I don't... There it is. First off, uh, there was a pretty significant loss in the geek community this week. Mira Furlan, who uh, played Delon on Babylon 5, passed away at 65 after what was apparently a relatively long illness, according to John Michael Straczynski, who is the writer of Babylon 5. I, this is not a show that I ever watched. Um, I never. I tried to. I couldn't get into it. But it does have a very fervent fan base out there, and that were very sad at this loss. Was she not also in Lost? Was this the woman that was I also in Lost? Yeah, yeah, I knew her from Lost. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was like the. She was uh, Russo, uh, the woman that had been like living on the island for years and yes. years in Lost. Yeah, that's who I remember her as. I mean, like I watched like a bit of B five, but like I'm a Deep Space Nine guy, so I was like, I'd pick my side in that particular fight and it was starfleet so yeah sorry, and did you know, i heard there's a remaster that just got like yeah it's getting dropped on hbo max in the u.s i don't know when it's coming to canada i think that there's oh. some rights issues still preventing it's coming to canada that might actually like i mean i it would take me a like second to actually want to start rewatching it but like it would take a big gap in other stuff. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, would have to have like Marvel would have to be like, oh, you know what? None of these shows are coming out. We're taking two years off or something. Yeah, we're taking two years off. We're not doing like <laughs> the mountain of shit you were supposed to get in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one's not happening now. I'll be like, oh well, I guess I could watch Babylon Five now. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my next story. But the other thing that she was kind of genre thing that she did was she voiced uh, Silver Sable in the nineteen ninety four Spider Man. TV show that Fox uh, Spider-Man animated show. Oh, oh, like the one, yeah, the one that was on when we were kids. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I remember those episodes too. Actually, yeah. those are some like late season, like when shit was weird on that show. Yeah, when they started getting into the Madam Web shit. Yeah, that show got fucking weird. <laughs> so, in uh, less tragic casualties, but still painful for nerds, shit is just starting to get fucking pushed off the calendar again because you know people are realizing, like, yeah. Shit's not going to be back to anything resembling normal until probably fall or something like that. Yeah. So Bond got pushed back. Uh, no Time to Die is now October instead of April. It's October 8th. So that's the new canary in the coal mine for movie yeah. theaters, I it's, guess. Yeah, it's been the one. Yeah, I don't know. That's been the one that keeps sort of 
triggering everybody else, I think, and pushing things back. Um, yeah. yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was supposed to be June, is now November 11th. The Uncharted movie, which is supposed to be July this summer, is now February 2022. Oof, okay. Uh, Morbius, uh, which I am just morbidly interested in. Yeah, uh, I guess. Which was supposed to be October, Mm -hmm. got pushed to January 21st of 2022. Oof, Oof, okay. The next, uh, The Kingsman, the prequel from the Kingsman series, was supposed to be March, is now August 20th. And A Quiet Place Part 2 got pushed from April to September 17th. Which is weird, because that one's... I guess, they're no, that was a theatrical release. I I was thinking of Bird Box. A Quiet Place got a big bump when it went to streaming, too. Like, a lot of people started talking about it again when it went to streaming. I saw it in theaters, I think, because I used to go see, like, everything in theaters. But especially a sci-fi like that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's my... I got my alley. I liked it. You never saw it, right? No, not yet. Uh, oh no, I did. No, I did finally see Quiet Place. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I watched it. It's pretty um, good. I watched it. The, I, I, yeah, I watched. I think I definitely wa- made sure I watched it with headphones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I say I got my I got my Atmos, so I always like default to surround sound if I can. Yeah, it's but. just in in our, in our basement. Um, we've got like the the Turtles Aquarium, which is running not far from the home home entertainment setup. Mm. So like, if it's something that's like really quiet, then yeah, I, I f- felt like that would have interfered. So I used head- yeah, Kansas is fine. Fair, I understand. The I mean, the other thing that people are waiting on is to see whether uh, Marvel's going to start pushing back like things like Black Widow again or not. So we'll see. I wonder if that will be one of those ones that ends up on Disney Plus. I don't think they will, but it feels like we've been waiting for it for so long now. Yeah. And like, I know some stuff that they are have they plan for Disney Plus feeds out of like the new Black Widow, Florence Pugh is a she's in Winter Soldier, and Falcon I know they call Soldier. it yeah Falcon and Winter Soldier. I always want to call it Captain America and Winter Soldier because like that's, that's what, what it's what probably it's actually going to be. Well, I think it yeah. was announced that way. There was an announcement at one point where it was called Captain America and yeah. Winter and Winter Soldier, which I was like, that's a better title. For me, anyway, because yeah. he's now Captain America. He has a shield. He's Captain America. Anyway, I don't know. But, I mean, Jesus, I want to see that movie. I mean, especially, like, after Wonder Woman. I'm like, give me something good now. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. But that movie or that series? The Falcon what? Winter Soldier? No, Soldier. Wonder Woman. What, uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Fuck, either or at this point, yeah. I guess. And we've got WandaVision, which has been quite entertaining so far. And, like, just kicked into gear last week. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. The so apparently Warner can't just fucking leave Harry Potter alone like they probably should for now because they're they seem to be sort of soliciting ideas for a Potterverse Wizarding World TV show for HBO Max. Uh, you know, it's not anything that's been greenlit or anything like that now, but apparently they're actively seeking out writers and ideas. And really, this is just anything that's attached to J.K. Rowling right now is just so fucking like poisonous and toxic that they really just need to leave the shit alone for a while like the fucking franchise is still going to be there in 10 years when jk rowling's either dead or fucking in jail for like a hate crime or some shit so <laughs> and can no longer profit off of off of this shit so this is it's so tricky for me to even just like talk about this because i don't care at all you know what i mean like i fucking hate harry potter at this like at this point like the whole thing's just shot for me like between her and like how bad these fucking the beast movies are and like yeah. everything else. I'm like, uh, all my kind of nostalgia, which was not really a lot of nostalgia really for like these movies came out when we were like 20. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. And like the books, like I didn't, I was 
No, they missed. I was reading Conan and shit. You know what I mean? Like I was reading good stuff by then. I like I went back and read them, and they're fine. But like, yeah, I don't care. You know, so it is. It was obviously a big, big cultural thing. So it's a big thing. I understand. It's just I, I wish I was more either more involved or I just didn't see it as a fucking shoddy X-Men knockoff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Let's see. In other Warner stuff, we did finally get like sort of a, a big trailer for Superman and Lois, which is coming out within the next couple of weeks. Like, I think it's like early. I think actually like, like the first two episodes played uh, in February, like a month tonight, right? I think it's February 28th yeah, February, or something like that. February 23rd. Oh, it was yeah, 23rd? Like a, Sorry. A double, okay. a double length premiere. It looked way more emo than I was expecting it to. I wasn't it, expecting it to be like so like kind of grim, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I, I, it's just, I mean, I, I still am very much there blanking on their names, but the actors that they've got playing Lois and Clark. Um, yeah, Taylor Hodgson and uh, oh, I can never remember her, the Lois's name. Uh, yeah. She's so like she's new and she's been in there twice. But she, she puts off big Margot Robbie or uh, Mar- Margot Kidder. Uh, oh absolutely yeah i think they both kind of like they've got the the parts kind of down so like i'm i'm like completely confident in them doing the parts and stuff it's just like actually uh elizabeth tullock okay is yeah yeah, it's her name elizabeth tullock they have two teenage sons in this and i just don't know how i like there's no precedent for that in any like comic book story or anything like that so it seems very much a kind of, you know, it, I mean, it's a CW thing, right? And they're like, oh, we got to have some teenagers on this or young adults or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, again, like it was, it, I thought it was going to be more, I don't know what I was expecting from that show, to be honest with you. Probably not much, but I'm still like, I'm going to watch it because like, I, I'm just curious to see them finally getting into like doing Superman, you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like bumming around with all the even like i, I mean b-listers at best i mean really like i like the flash and shit but yeah, like i mean flash you know. flash is a list uh, and even green arrows arguably you know th- these are people that have been on the justice league multiple Fair. times okay so like periods. but like i'm talking about like the s-class guys you know what i mean like yeah, i want like, like the, anybody in legends kind of thing <laughs> yeah basically like yeah so i don't know like it's it's nice to see this is the first time they're tackling like one of the big three, you know, yes, the, the exactly. Like, like doing, kind of doing like Superman or yeah, Batman on TV. Like that's like the next step kind of thing for them to do. So like more, I wish it wasn't a CW show is basically where I'm kind of at with this. I'm like, maybe we should just go to HBO max and like spend a little bit more money and do it nice, but then do it like Titans. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I guess that's the problem there too. Right? Like, <laughs> Hey, doom patrol is also Doom patrol. on HBO max, yeah. which is fucking like both seasons were solid. Like I had no fucking qualms about season two, which we never really talked about, but like that fucking show is dope. So I mean, could you imagine getting a fucking Superman show that fucking weird? I would just like that would be like getting uh, they did All Star Superman as a miniseries or something like that, just like weird Silver Agey kind of nonsense. Yeah, that'd be. I'd be on board, like on board. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about uh, weird, weird DC Vertigo kind of stuff, uh, we got some casting announcements on the Netflix adaptation of uh, Sandman. In particular, Dream. They've got Tom Sturridge playing Dream. I don't know who that is, but he definitely seems to look the part. Yeah, he looks like Robert Smith from The Cure. I'm happy with that. (laughs) And like young Robert Smith. Yeah. And then the other ones that people will be a little more familiar with are Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, in the comics, Lucifer definitely being a, a male character, but I don't see any reason that they need, you know, that a fucking like 
demon ba- that the devil basically needs to be given and like i don't know what she, like what her stance on it but i like, think you use her like given her stature and stuff you could gender bend that like crazy oh yeah i like, mean the whole time you know what she, I mean? yeah, she's, she's she i mean she played a very androgynous character in game of thrones yeah. and in star wars as well and yeah and oh, that's right. she was in star wars i always forget because she's that. under the fucking mask right like they yeah. don't really actually show you her so it's like oh yeah she's there but like they're processing her voice and like not actually showing you her so like yeah all right i guess she's yeah. there good for her uh, and then another Game of Thrones alumni, Charles Dance, playing Roderick Burgess. Charles Dance played the elder Lannister. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tywin Lannister. Yeah, he played Tywin. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In Game of Thrones. I just always have fucking trouble recalling names of Game of Thrones characters that died like halfway through the series and shit. Tywin, I see. I, I love this actor. He's fucking fantastic. Is playing like this, the evilest prick alive, basically. Like he was so good in that role. Yeah. And like, so he, my memories of him aren't tarnished by the last two or three seasons of Game of Thrones either. You know what I mean? Like as things kind of, it's sputtered out or whatever. Like he had, he was long gone. So like all the stuff I remember of him is like, oh yeah, he was like the best prick ever yeah. on that show that I watched all of, even though I don't like fantasy shit. Yes. <laughs> I watched uh, it because everybody it else was. It was peer pressure. Oh, there was also boobs. Yeah, there was that. Uh, and there were a few other uh, roles announced as well, but they're nobody that I'm particularly familiar with in terms of I have yet to read Sandman, even though I've got a set of it, so I need to get into it at some point. But So I don't have familiarity with either the characters or, I mean, Cain and Abel are obviously the biblical versions of the biblical characters, but I don't actually, I'm not particularly familiar with these actors. It's been a long time since I've read Sandman. I'm actually... Paul's absolute editions are here with me somewhere. I should pull those out at some point and reread it before this Netflix show happens to do a refresher. Maybe we should do an episode. Maybe that'll give me the reason to fucking both of us to to, yeah jump into the first uh, first twelve issues or something. Well, my my other like kind of back issue reading project just finished, which is going to be my geek of the week. So I I might have a little bit of room in my reading. Well, maybe we should like we should schedule a Sandman read through then. I can find those absolute editions and. actually do an episode before this netflix craziness happens so let's see a new netflix anime series got announced that seems right up mark's alley because it combines kaiju and the people that did the castlevania animated series yeah it's the king kong thing right (laughs) yeah it's kong skull island anime and it's it's from the same studio that did the uh that or that has been doing the castlevania uh, anime series that uh has been getting pretty good pretty good reviews and they're doing like a six episode thing like they usually do on netflix with animated shows now i'll watch like that's an afternoon's worth of like sit basically and like usually at the very least that fucking, that you still have transformers yeah. eh? like you haven't watched Earthrise yet no. yeah no I'll, I'll sit there and watch it absolutely like i like a good animation project though just to like look at the drawing basically like mm-hmm. so i i mean i watched that batman and the son of the dragon this week, even though it's one of those terrible DC animated things, just to watch a cartoon, basically. I was like, oh, it almost looks hand animated, so I should watch it. It's terrible, but, you know, whatever, fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll watch. I, was, I, I saw this announcement. I was like, oh, that actually, I mean, like, I wasn't huge on Kong Skull Island. And, like, I mean, I'm more sold now that he's kind of showing up again in Godzilla versus Kong in, like, a couple weeks or whatever. Like, it's in March, right? It, it just got pushed back another week or something like that. Oh, um, uh, did it? Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I need to just sit down and have like a sort of modern kaiju movie, like fucking Saturday or something like that, just to get caught up yeah. on all these ones. That have you not seen like, have you seen Pacific Rim? No, I haven't even seen Pacific Rim. Holy shit. You got like nine movies to watch then. Cause like p- the two Pacific Rims, Pacific I mean, the second Rim. one's terrible, two but like Godzilla's. two Godzillas, the, the other Kong, um, like if yeah. you haven't watched Kong Skull Island. Kong. Yeah, I haven't seen Kong Skull Island. The last, 
there's good people in that. Like Brie Larson's in it and is pretty good in it. So like tank top, she's wearing it's real good in it. I can play that much. <laughs> the last King Kong movie or a uh, kaiju movie I can remember seeing is like that Kong movie that had Jack Black in it. Oh, was that the Peter Jackson one? I think so. Yeah. Oh, that was a that I remember the Peter Jackson King Kong movie as being tough, like <laughs> like a rough sit. I I mean I don't have much memory of it. Was that the one he did between the the rings trilogies yeah yeah he yeah that was before before the hobbit movies before the hobbit movies yeah i remember it, like coming out and like i saw it because it i like seeing peter jackson like he's tends to do like crazy shit right yeah it's it, you can count at least on spectacle yeah so like i was going in counting on spectacle and like he delivered for the most part but it's just it's a very it's a very long i think it's 315 or something like that it's a long long sit and it's kind of unevenly paced because of it which is something we'll talk about more in our meat of the episode. Before we get to that, this is another story that is in Mark's wheelhouse because the next Tomb Raider movie got a director and writer, and it is Misha Green, who is that driving force behind Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I'm all for like spooky Lovecraftian Tomb Raider. Like that sounds right up my alley. Did that say if they're bringing the same girl back? Yeah, it's, it's still Alicia Vikander. Nice. Good. That's that's cool. I, I'll watch another one of those. The first one was adequate. Like it killed an afternoon or whatever or night. I can't remember anymore. I like Tomb Raider, though. Like I like the games yeah. and shit. So back in I was the on board when we could just go to the fucking movie theater and kill an afternoon. It really was basically one of those movies. And like, what's his name was in it? Goggins, Walter Goggins. Yeah, was yeah, the yeah. villain in that. And I just like he's fun to watch. He's a scenery chewer when he, yeah. they let him go. And he's fun to watch. I was like, like, I like Tomb Raider and I'm on board for this guy. So like, yeah, that's a. That's a $15 movie ticket and a, you know, giant cup of Coke or whatever in the afternoon after work. Sure. But like, yeah, Misha Green, that's awesome because like like, she can tie in some more like spooky shit to the Tomb Raider stuff, which they don't really get into in the movies. They tend to do in the games, but not in the movies so much. So some goofy, weird, spooky shit on top of the Tomb Raider fun would be I'd be on board. I'll watch it. Next one that I had is something I have no investment in because I don't really read X-Men comics these days, but Marvel basically oh, is letting you vote for who you want the next X-Men to be or X-Person, I guess. Vote Forge, cowards, vote for Forge. <laughs> Should have the X-Men team we always deserve. <laughs> this is, by the time you listen to this, there's a strong chance that the vote will be over. Uh, Probably. Until midnight on February 2nd. Uh, but the choices are Armor, Banshee, Boom Boom, Cannonball, Forge, Marrow, Polaris, uh, Strong Guy, Sunspot. There's really a mutant just called Strong Guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember X Factor? Uh, the big guy, the huge, like, muscle guy with the tiny little circle glasses? No. He wasn't. Look, just type up Strong Guy. You'll recognize him. I guarantee it. But, like, yeah, he was an X Force or one of those, like, I think, yeah, he was an X Force with, like, Cable and Domino and everybody. Okay. With, like, I yeah, I think we, he might have been a new mutant, too. I remember this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. See, like, 90s X-Men, like, that's my jam. I was I was right in the middle of all that, <laughs> that shit. shit. I read Dead with just the little fucking oh, man. white spit curl. God, that's so fucking 90s. It's basically the haircut I have right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then yeah, Sunspot and Tempo are the options. I mean, like, these are, like, from what I gather, these are just, like, to put reaction shots in, basically. Like, they're not going to have, like, a big influence on the plot. It's just so that people can, like, see their favorites come back. Yeah. Because it's been a while since some of these characters have shown up. But I was like, yeah, Forge. Boom Boom, I have not seen in an X-Men comic since Next Wave. They seem to like not want to touch the Next Wave characters anymore. And Boom Boom was like 
they really did stuff to her in Next Wave. So they made her pretty obnoxious. So I don't, actually, I would almost vote for Boom Boom just to like see how they treat that in continuity at this point. Either way. See, back in, in Disney territory, um, fans have been garbage. Surprise, surprise. Two things I want to talk about. One, we don't really usually talk about like, you know, a lot of these web series and stuff where it's like, hey, here's what's coming up in whatever land. But there was, there has been one, the Star Wars media empire or whatever uh, has been putting out that has a new host who is a black woman named Christina Ariel. And fans being the garbage they are, Star Wars fans in particular, went back like digging through her tweets and found some uh, around like the time of the George Floyd protests and BLM protests last summer where like she was, you know, talking about like how, you know, white people need to shut the fuck up and like, you know, just fucking and spend some time listening and shit, which, yeah, absolutely. And a bunch of fucking white Star Wars fans are like, this woman's racist. She shouldn't be part of Star Wars. And yeah. Well, um, oh, fuck your fucking franchise. Just, you know I mean? just, just whiny fucking yeah. I mean, they're every, I mean, they're everywhere. You just, you see the shit that gets said about Sonequa Martin Green on the, uh, yeah, the fucking sure. like on Reddit and shit like that. It's baffling sometimes, but like, Ugh. you know, people are fucking scumbags. And like, I don't know. My eternal non-shock at these things should be pretty, you know, evident of what I think yeah. about it. Where it's just like, everybody's a scumbag. Yeah. Uh, and then take us all COVID. Come on. It was nice that Disney and star Wars backed her though. And said, you know, they, they were basically trying to like bully her off of the, out of that role and, uh, and yeah. get Disney and star Wars to drop her because, you know, they're trying to frame her as like a fucking racist against white people, which if anybody actually understands what racism is, that cannot be a thing in America, uh, or in North America in general, but uh, they they had her back and said, you know, we support her. We want our spaces to be inclusive and not include bullying and racism. So cool. And then one thing, this is only for the fellow Disney parks nerds out there, but there's a ride in Adventureland in Disneyland and in Disney World called the Jungle Cruise. It's the movie that your beloved rock is starring in soon yeah. at some point. That ride has some animatronic figures in it that are problematic at best that are that offer very stereotypical depictions of like uh aboriginal like native people from africa and and asia and stuff like that and disney said basically that they are gonna change those make it a little less offensive and people again same as they did with like the splash mountain like princess and the frog thing we're like oh my god you can't change things just because people want you to be politically correct and like yeah but these are real fucking racist figures here and they need to be gone uh i mean like it's disney park stuff man this is way outside my like give a shit wheelhouse i mean like disney being racist again like not new like nothing sliding into the new category for me there well this is them you know trying to correct things and i don't and, but and it's also just like in their fan base being i like, just i don't know. i don't I, I never understand this shit i just like i don't get it you know what i mean i have like yeah. a weird like disconnect from this shit for some reason where i'm like i don't even understand who thinks like that like who's got the time in their fucking day to like spend their time thinking about this shit i know comic books to read guys like daredevil's really good right now like go read fucking daredevil instead of being fucking <laughs> ring about 
whatever. And it's become one of those things. Like what I hate with these things is when people just try to inject it into every other conversation surrounding the thing as well. You know, like, like if somebody posts something about star Wars, like somebody will come in and and talk about, you know, this, this uh, black woman that's hosting this fucking like fan show basically, or, you know, or make some like offhanded comment directed at it. Or like, you know, people are like, there's a post like jerking off the Mandalorian. And then like half of the comments are like, man, this shit's so much better than the sequels. Like, and, but nobody had brought the sequels into the conversation. It's just, they, they can't raise one thing up without shitting on the other. Have you been watching Kevin Smith podcasts? What's going on here? <laughs> Sounds like Kev. No, I agree. I just, you know, the star Wars fine. Like, I mean, from all of the toxic fan bases, like of t- toxic fan bases, star Wars has become kind of notoriously a cesspit the last couple of years. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, I actually I don't know. Really good. I like I'm coming from a Trek fucking guy. Like our fan base is like just weirdly fractured now. But like the Star Wars fan base has always been the one that we point at and be like, at, at least, least we're not, not them. Those guys. At <laughs> least we're not those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I Somebody actually put together a pretty good um, infographic. I, I, I'll never be able to find it again. But that I saw that uh, was like, here is like the pipeline of like shitty Star Wars news. And it was like, these are the sites that like report the bullshit rumors and conjecture and shit like that. Uh-huh. And then these are the sites that amplify it and refer back to them. And then these are the YouTube channels that then make like clickbait fucking videos to get people all riled up about this nothing news. Yeah, we had the same. There was a, there was actually a really good Reddit post, and I, it was one. It was either Daystromer and start and just in the like plain Star Trek Reddit that was very similar. It was like you should if you're getting news from these sources, we're not allowing it to be posted anymore because it's clickbait horse shit mm-hmm. and these are the sources where it starts and these are the sources who feed it and here's the youtube fuckers who like propagate it's the same circle right like everybody each fan base has the same spiral of dog shit in the middle yeah. of it and everybody's just trying to get money on clicks at this point oh, yeah, it's exactly. all ad revenue yeah right so you go in there and just talk about like fucking disney being transphobic or something like that and like changing their plans around because of the gay agenda or something like that next thing you're just getting like millions of clicks yeah like go woke yeah go woke, <laughs> yeah. broke and shit like all that horse yeah shit. yeah whatever right like just put that shit all over your headlines and people just like click it mindlessly yeah. so yeah. i don't know so that was everything i had did i miss anything mark oh i don't know <laughs> sure no i don't know i was i wasn't really paying attention i don't pay attention to the news anymore the good guy's in office now i don't have to worry about this shit yeah, you know that's I mean? not like, really the news we talk about anyways i know and like even that new but like i don't want to look at any news anymore Fair. <laughs> like i'm over i'm over it i don't care about anything new happening <laughs> when i can start going to cons and concerts again then you movies. can tell me that news that yeah. yeah when i go to the movies again then you can tell me about that <laughs> but all right otherwise what's it wait this just broke george clooney may play buck rogers in brian k vaughn series what that would be I don't know. It's right on the top of fucking io9. What are you doing? <laughs> that's a weird one. That is. It's. I mean, that's a take. I guess. I don't know what to uh, say about I it. I mean, I'm not big on Buck Rogers to begin with. It's no, and I'm not big on like the only thing I bet in that sentence that actually that catches my interest is Brian K. Vaughn. But like, right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our geek of the week. Which is our segment where we discuss the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so. So, Mark, what's your geek of the week? Uh, I spent a little bit more time with Hyrule Warriors. It didn't really click with me as much as I was hoping it was. It's a little... I find it kind of easy, actually. So it just kind of felt mindless. 
Like where you're just like hack and slash, you're just running around killing things. So I was like, eh. It's kind of the, eh. the game style, is it not? Yeah, but like I've never played one of those before. Like that, yeah. that's not a, what do you call it? A genre that interests me particularly. Mm-hmm. So I've never played one before. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot because like it's got story elements to it that I want to know from that world because I'm curious about the Breath of the Wild Zelda universe. I thought it was kind of cool. And so, like, I got that those bits out of it. I need to finish it still, obviously. So, like, eh, you know, it's a grind. It's more of a grind than anything else. Like, it's a lot of grinding, just like level up and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a game that I'm playing. Not the most stirring review, I understand, but like, some this, this shit happens, right? Sometimes you pick up a game because it's got like a franchise on it that you like, but it's like they've shifted into another genre where you start playing. And you're like, oh yeah, this isn't really for me. Like, this genre is not my thing. Yeah. It's too bad because I really like this franchise, but like this world, yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Like they do Halo and they do like strategy games and stuff like that. Like I'll play all the Halo first person shooters you throw at me. Like till the fucking cows come home, I'll play them. But the uh when they start doing like RTS games, I'm like, no, yeah. not for me. Not my thing. Gears of War has the same stuff. Like I love the the main Gears games, but they do Gears tactics, and I'm like, Nope. Don't give a shit. Not interested. Yeah. So whatever. Fair too bad. But oh, at some point I'm gonna like YouTube the story, I guess, so that I can like know that stuff, I guess. But yeah, yeah, Alicia still hasn't got into it. I think she tried to, and I had accidentally unplugged the switch while I was trying to f- hook up one of the other old consoles, and she's like, I couldn't get it working, and I was like, Yep, I fucked it up. But now it's plugged back in, so. Nice. She'll actually start it. Mike Geek of the Week, I finally finished reading the Walking Dead comics all the way through. Oh, fancy pants. Yeah, all the way through the final. I've been reading it in the the big uh, hardcover omnibus uh, copies. Oversized oversized versions. That's just how I started, first started reading them. And so the eighth and final one came out, I don't know, six months or so ago or something like that. It was, I don't know, it feels like it's been like a year since I read the last issue. So it finished off in fall 2019. Okay. Like six months later or something like that. Yeah. I don't even remember how it ended anymore. So, well, the, I mean, spoilers for a comic that ended a year and a half ago now, but the, I mean, the, it ended up with the, the Commonwealth, oh yes 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 okay yes which okay. which the the tv show is just getting to right now as well and that was kind of why i wanted to read it because the the tv show was catching up to where i was in the reading so i stopped watching the show uh, so, mm. so i could make sure that i was because i've always been ahead of the show in my reading mm-hmm. well i guess since like maybe the second season or something like that that was when i first started reading the reading fair the- enough yeah, so like the last omnibus has like the last like twenty five issues in it. Um, it has a satisfying ending because they do like that. They do like a big time jump, right? Okay, like, yeah, uh, or something like I don't know. If it's maybe like fifteen or something years or something like that. Where like and then they follow Carl and Michonne around and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Later on, as kind of you know, basically they they've mostly restored peace to the continent and shit or to the U.S. and. They've they're like connecting up with a, a Western alliance and they're like the Eastern alliance and yeah yeah that's right I remember yeah I have like vague memories of it I, have, I should reread it at some point but like yeah they did pull the trigger literally on something I didn't think that they would which was uh, killing Rick it, within like the last like ten issues oh yeah that was a big um, deal when they did that too I remember like there was a big hubbub on Twitter and shit about that issue in particular yeah came out. I was reading week to week or like monthly, probably when the, as it especially because they announced it was ending. I was like, oh, I should catch up and then like be around for the ending. So I kind of did that, but 
Yeah, it's been a long time now. I can't remember like specifics yeah. anymore. I feel like I've read the first like hundred issues of Walking Dead like fifteen times, and then like the last like batch of them I probably only read once. Like maybe the last like fifty of them or something like that. I probably only read once through each yeah. kind of thing. So I should go back and like <laughs> reread the whole thing as a complete like work now. But it's like two hundred five issues of comics to yeah, sit through. So, like, I mean, they they read so quick though. Like I can just read they do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good like it's and it's a fun read. Like I enjoyed yeah. Walking Dead. So like and it wouldn't take me long to get through hundred issues of it probably since I read it so many fucking times. It's yeah. so, like I'm gonna be sitting there staring at the art for hours that I've seen like dozens of times. So yeah, and it's just I mean doing that and then kind of going back to watching the show has just made me realize how much the show has diverged in terms of the characters involved in each. Oh yeah. Here. You know, like it is definitely following the same overall storyline, like the same, you know, they're going to the same places and yeah. encountering the same threats and shit like that. But the people that are actually the the, the survivors that are actually doing that uh, have changed a lot. Like there's, you know, a bunch of people in the comics that just don't exist in the movies and there's people or in the, in the uh, TV show and vice versa. There's people that died ages ago. I mean, Carl. Carl fucking died ages ago in the TV show and he's still, yeah. you know, he's one of the people that make it to the end in the book and shit and stuff. Yeah. I don't know the differences anymore. Like I stopped watching the show so long ago yeah. <laughs> that I, I have no idea who was where and like who was what and this, that and the other thing on Walking Dead, the TV show. Yeah. But definitely a book I'd, I'd happily recommend. Oh, the book I would recommend to everybody. I think it's a fantastic comic. The TV show I'm a little bit more indifferent about. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it makes sense now, now that I've got to the end of this and comparing that to where they are in the TV show, that the next season would be the last season of the main show. Um, mm-hmm. They do still have those like Rick Grimes fucking movies that are planned. Uh, yeah. Feature length movies. Wasn't there supposed it. to be a spinoff with Who's He What's It and the older lady? Crossbow dude. I don't know. Daryl? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I know that... There, they, there was an announcement. I remember with reading Carolyn, about it, like Carolyn Darrell yeah, or something with, like that. Sure. Dead Maybe, yeah. I, I, I think I do remember something about that. I mean, yeah, there was the. Oh yes, there is. There is a, a Carol, Daryl, and Carol spinoff. Uh, that I can't. I mean, like, if he, if, if what's his name, Norman Reedus, Norman, yeah, yeah. yes, Norman Reedus. Uh, if he wants to keep doing it, and like, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like he is that character. Yeah, basically. Well, and he's, so he's like, also got like a lot of his own money and investments and shit tied up in it now. Like he's got, does he? Yeah. Well, him and uh, and Greg Nicotero have a restaurant in Noonan, Georgia, where like the show has been filmed mostly. And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's got a lot tied up in that fandom and that sort of uh, that area and so, stuff like that now. So stick with it and stay in Atlanta and keep your uh, yeah, nice little like local that. businesses running. Good. I mean, hey, fucking find your niche. Go for it. Good for him. All right, well, then we can move on to our meat of the episode, Phantom Zone meat. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be our second in a undetermined part series so far. On oh, I, don't like, I, I do not like the sounds of that at all. Like at <laughs> well, just because we haven't decided you know, if we're going to do any animated movies yet. That's true. That's true. Of the Superman feature length films. So this time we're talking about Superman 2. And I need to clarify here that we're talking about the theatrical cut of the movie directed by Richard Lester, not the later Donner cut that is, yeah, that 
we'll talk about that next time. Um, but yeah, there was basically a lot of back and forth and Donner originally was supposed to be directing it. And then they kind of took him off of it halfway through the thing. And then Richard Lester kind of recut it. And- right. Cause they shot them together, basically like the proto Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Like they were shooting huge chunks of both movies at the same time. Yeah. 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 So, so basically, yeah, they, they were filming them together, but then like about three quarters of the way through, they ditched Donner and brought in Richard Lester instead. And so he basically finished it off and like edited it together out of like a combination of his footage and Donner's footage. But like Donner was like, so fucking butthurt about it that he was like, yeah, don't fucking put my name on this thing at all, which was just, you know, one of those, it's probably one of those things that the reason now that, you know, we're getting a fucking Snyder cut of justice league, it's the, probably the reason you know it's the reason people are talking about like the ire cut of suicide squad and shit like that is because you know what was it like six or seven years ago now we got that donner cut finally it was like 2006 i think it was like a little bit was it? like oh. it was i think it was a while it's been a while that one's been out i think i remember it came out on dvd originally if i'm not mistaken i think i have two copies of it because i think i have a dvd copy of it and i have a blu-ray copy of it yeah, we can talk more about that Donner cut next time we do this because we are going to talk about that Donner cut as well. Uh, yes, the 2006. So in the Superman Returns era, which makes sense because Superman Returns was yeah. written as a direct sequel to Superman 2 for reasons that we will talk about a little bit later. Well, I mean, like Superman 3 is a good enough reason to like make it a direct sequel to Superman 2. This is true. So and then the four fuck my life like. <laughs> Oh boy, you know Batman and Robin had a swear in. Oh, I watched one of those like YouTube retrospectives about it the other day because they were just like in a loop the first yeah. four movies, and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm in for. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I I know you did the uh, the recap last time. Do you want to do this one as well, or do you want me to take this one? Isn't this like the torture point that we get to do to Pretty each much. other when we do these but, stupid? But now movies? there's only you and me, so I know, I know. We don't have you don't have like Paul to to spread around the. The pain. pain yeah. So, Mark, what is the plot of the Lester cut of Superman 2? Well, I mean, Jesus, it takes a while to get to it. So, like, give me a minute. Uh, I got about two pages of notes listing, like, all the goofy things that happen in this movie. So, <laughs> it starts on uh, a bad green screen. So, we're off to an amazing start. <laughs> as <does>. the which is great. So Terrence Stamp and his two accomplices get basically entrapped and uh, tried and immediately sent to the Phantom Zone, like all in one fucking fell swoop right here, yeah. which is it takes great. Like five minutes. Yeah, five five whole minutes to do this whole fucking thing. <laughs> also, they like I like this that like they didn't want to pay Marlon Brando and like Marlon Brando is very carefully excised from all the scenes that he was very blatantly <laughs> in in Superman like the movie. So we'll be back. We'll see him. We'll see him again. Do they even show his face in the I don't think so. like, the cuts? Like no, they, I'm, I'm, then they have to fucking pay him for likeness, right? Exactly. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they cut around his face even when they were doing the recap, which like, wow. Either way, <laughs> I read these guys as basically the right wingers that ran at the fucking Capitol the other week now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not as much fucking, fun. The QAnon of... Yeah, these are the QAnon of Krypton. Yeah. Krypton. Yeah. <laughs> I do love Krypton in these movies, though. And, like, the Phantom Zone effect is great. Like, it yeah. still holds up. Like, I mean, it doesn't hold yeah. up in terms of, like, the practicality. Oh, or like classic. The, but it's, it looks good. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah. So now we rewatch Superman because the opening credits are running. And they basically, like, yeah. show you all of Superman the movie during the opening credits, which accounts for about 10 minutes of this movie's runtime, <laughs> which is already too long. So, no. Bad movie. 
Although, but they, this is kind of a direct thing they do in uh, Spider-Man Two. Does this a similar thing with the Alex Ross paintings? They ripped it right out of here. Yeah, like everybody's always stolen from these movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, like, exactly. The beginning. Yeah, for for sure. Like, well, and uh, which was it? Ang Lee's Hulk that um, yes. that did basically this exact same thing. Like, but there was no nothing to pull from. So they yeah. just you know they they did a similar thing where they retold the origin of the Hulk in you know in these little like cut sequences it. yeah through, yes through the, the opening credit scene either way uh we're, we're back in the daily planet as clark bumbles his way into the newsroom where everyone is distracted he goes into perry's office who wants him to go and like find out about terrorists that he's completely unaware of because in the most silver age superman nonsense of course he's at home reading dickens because he doesn't care for television i love chris reeve's super like clark kent so wholesome and so wholesome. A, except apparently this fucking version of Superman do, just doesn't have super hearing. And also is kind of a scumbag, but we'll get to that like later in the movie. Yeah, he, he does, that's the one superpower, which like they invent six of them in this movie. <laughs> but like the one superpower they don't and they use it in the last movie because they, they, they don't touch on the super hearing at all. And I was like, yeah. oh, OK, interesting. Yeah. Mario Puzo fucking dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, somebody, yeah, there's some ball droppage on, like, especially, like, in a movie that, like, creates such, like, ridiculous fucking powers for him. Like, to forget, like, the super hearing is kind of part of the package now, right? Like, the super senses. So, maybe it wasn't in the 70s. It totally is to me now. Either way. Like, Clark's in the Daily Planet, and he gets sent, or all, he finds out that Lois has taken the Concord, which just made me fucking laugh. Because I was like, what the fuck is the Concord? Like, do you remember the Concord? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to go look it up. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that jet. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, he said close on the concord to paris where there's a hydrogen bomb in the eiffel tower that was put there by vernon dursley oh is that who it is yeah i didn't even the, notice the, yeah the one uh, oh that's it is too yeah, it's, yeah. It's fucking harry potter's oh. uncle <laughs> yeah that's right yeah he's one of these french terrorists yeah that's right oh my god that's crazy either way i think it was like i looked it up as like his like second film role ever or something like that good for him man harry potter and superman and like nobody gives a shit about who you are as a human being like (laughs) good on you for having like whatever so yeah we get to paris like lois goes and does her bumbly american routine with the cop and like sneaks by and finds out like there's a hydrogen bomb and gets inside because you know lois lane intrepid reporter who's also vaguely suicidal in this movie like (laughs) i think she needs to go see somebody actually because she tries to kill herself like three or four times ish. Well, I she mean, puts herself in position to die. Like yeah, a lot she puts in, this herself in great danger. That's just, you know, that's a fucking Lois Lane trope. Uh, yeah. At this point. It, it Maybe it just reads different it. now. Cause I know about Margot Kidder's like yeah, future. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it just reads darker now. Either way. I love this sequence as a kid. It hasn't aged super well. And it's a little racist towards the French. Also, <laughs> they're all it's very stereotypical, like French accents and I mean, stuff as the they're yelling at each other. The French are racist towards a lot of other people, though. That's so. true, though. It is. It's true. Like, it's turnabout's fair play. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, wow, these are like, it's just so stereotypical. It feels weird in like 2021 20, to see something like so stereotypical. Yeah. To have like terrorists that are that are like one step away from like beating people with baguettes or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like and then they're white painters clothes. And I was like, this is the Frenchest group of terrorists I've ever seen in my life. They just came off the job and like now they're like, fuck this. We're going to blow up the Eiffel Tower. Like, what? (laughs) Somehow we have a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. Uh, So either way, Margot Kidder is still great, though. Right. Like she fucks. So she fucks with the cop, gets in, climbs up onto the underside of the elevator to sneak up with it. I don't know what the fuck she thinks she's going to fucking do at this point. Like, it's craziness, right? She's trying to get a story. She's trying to get a story. Either way. So the terrorists release the hostage, but like something fucks up on the bomb because like. 
Oh no. So yeah, they release the hostages and then like as everything's kind of getting reset, the cops start like blowing shit up, right? Like they have the Semtex or whatever. Yeah. And then that's where the the fucking elevator starts elevator to drop. Starts plummeting, yeah. Yeah, and Lois is going to die. The bomb goes off and the movie's over. The end. <laughs> Paris is obliterated. Yeah, Paris is obliterated. That's the end of the movie. We watched 20 minutes worth of footage. Fuck Good the times. French. Yes. Also, fuck the French. <laughs> so there's that. Of course, Superman shows up at the last possible second, saves Lois. They have their little cute interactions, which we'll get to more of later. And he flies off into space. And when we're at coincidences in these movies, man, and coincidences, the Phantom Zone thing just happens to be floating through Earth orbit when he pushes this nuclear bomb <laughs> out into out just past Earth orbit and it goes yeah. off. There's only apparently only one exact trajectory that Krypton is able to like launch things into space. Yeah, it's directly at Earth. Directly, directly at Earth. <laughs> yeah, directly at Earth at all times. Yeah. Like just all everything just comes right here. Yeah. So everything all the Krypton garbage is out there floating around Earth right now <laughs> for some reason. Including the Phantom Zone. So there was a story about that at one point. There was basically like uh, the, 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 if they just said a, a giant wormhole or something like that destroyed yeah. Krypton, it would make sense. Cause then you're just like dropping it in space somewhere, but it's always like it blew up in three galaxies away, but like there's 55 trillion tons of it. And it's part of the earth's crust now. So we can kill Superman with it. Yeah. How yeah. anyway, whereas like, well in, in the sort of comic, explanation of the phantom zone is that it basically encompasses the entire universe like that you know there's there's a negative sort of world or whatever that's kind of a little bit out of phase of ours so you know you could in theory given enough time travel anywhere in the universe because you're just a ghost it makes sense but it's still like <laughs> the time is version, just like this version is very yeah very convenient this is a little convenient yeah. either way where was I here? Yeah, so somehow, like, General Zod, Ursa, and Nan are all now, like, freed by the shockwave. They all immediately have their powers because otherwise they would die in orbit, right? Yeah. Like, they shouldn't be able to breathe in orbit or not breathe. Clark doesn't really breathe. I don't know. See, my it depend, it depend. brain always goes to Man of Steel, right, where he's always kind of holding his breath. And then, like, yeah, they eventually retcon the out. Like, this is still kind of like Silver Age Superman where he's, like, yes. you know, almost, almost uh, he's got basically amounts of powers. And yeah. he could travel in space just indefinitely, whereas, like... Our era of Superman, like John Byrne, Man of Steel era yeah. of Superman is he can take like a big old fucking breath, but, you know, he still can only be out in space for like a couple of hours or something like that. I think they eventually retcon that away where he's like he can handle it, but I don't know. Even now, like he I mean, even Alex Ross gave him the fucking like air mask. Yeah, like and rebreathers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess fair enough. All right. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's not like Krypton didn't have an atmosphere. How the fuck would you? You can't breathe in a vacuum. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess if he just doesn't need to breathe, I guess if you he could explain it away by saying like it's all solar energy converts. Well, I mean, he doesn't need to eat on Earth either, right? So that's yeah, true, just, I guess, right? Because it's all the solar energy. Solar energy. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair enough. Eh. We're done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. This episode's <laughs> gonna be five hundred years long. All right. So we're back in Metropolis. Clark gets hit by a car. Nobody notices that he's a six foot five guy who also looks exactly like Superman when he folds the front end of this car in. It's hilarious. Lois starts to notice. Yes, we're obviously, we're, it, that's the plot finally, is Lois is going to notice now, so she's noticed, but Lois is also smoking and making orange shoes because of healthy life choices. <laughs> which is which is like totally shit that people did in the 70s and 80s. Oh man, like, I love it, I love like, it. Just fucking chain smoking while they're like, yeah, but I took my vitamin C this morning, so I'm good. It's good, I'm fine. Yeah, it's the same people that like... Cancer fucking, like, free. Yeah, it's the same people that like fucking like wash down their 
fucking all their vitamins and B12 and shit like that with a couple lines of Coke. Well, I mean, like it's it's the it's the old like give me give me the, the like the the small serving of everything and a diet Coke, but like yeah. you you also order McDonald's or whatever, yeah. but you get the diet Coke with it. Like, come on, That's the Trump syndrome and his fucking diet Coke button. <laughs> I, mean, I knew that was a thing, but like when I got the confirmation, that, like Biden had it removed, I was just like. What an era, like what a time to be alive, you know, like, just, <laughs> what a fucking time to be alive. Oh, uh, either way. Uh, so we, we've shifted now again, like we're kind of bouncing around a little bit here. Uh, Lex is in prison, but we are planning his escape. So that's going on also while Clark and Lois are, you know, flirty ish, I guess. I don't know, like Clark's hitting on her and she doesn't care because she's in love with Superman, whatever. Hope springs eternal for Clark Kent, I guess. <laughs> we, we catch up with Cliff pre-mail carrying and alcoholism and no norm. Yeah. Yeah. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, Which I love. I always like it when I see these guys that I recognize who are super famous later on and they're in these movies in the 70s. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's probably like his second movie or something like that. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. So they're talking to the, I guess, like they don't say it's Artemis, but it's like an Apollo mission-ish kind of thing. Like they've got the launcher and like the spacewalks happening like and stuff joint, like that. Joint mission, right? Because there's like a Russian on it as well. It's it's very much like, you know, a, a, a detente era Cold War movie, right? Yeah. They, they oh, I mean, fucking yeah. nuclear bombs and uh, but it's not Russian setting them off. And then they've got like the joint Russian American space mission and shit. So we're on the moon and one of the astronauts sees Ursa. And the trio now, like, just just trash these astronauts, murder them all, blah, blah, blah. And then, because they're realizing that they're, like, developing their powers or whatever, as they've, like, now just killed these three astronauts and destroyed the moon lander and all that good stuff. I love fucking Terrence Stamp. This is going to be the first of many times that I say Terrence Stamp's awesome in this movie, because he just, he's so fucking over everything in this movie. And I can't tell if it's, like, him just not wanting to be on the set of the movie anymore, because this, this set was notoriously pretty toxic to be on, apparently. But also just like he's play- like it works perfectly for his character where he just acts like he fucking hates everybody that's around him yeah. and he wishes everybody was dead. And I can't tell if it's real or not. No, like interest in, you know, no, no anything. sanctity of life or anything like that. Like, no interest. In- and like he's so bored, like he the, even la- like we'll talk about it later. But like he's sitting there like and he's conquered the world and he's just like, well, this fucking sucks. Like I'm bored. I don't like <laughs> what, any of this. What the fuck do I do now? Yeah, I like, know what the fuck do I do either way. And we'll talk about like what Kryptonians would think about conquering like 1978 Earth or whatever the fuck, because we'd be like, oh god, I basically conquered a mud puddle. Great, yeah. So they've trashed the thing. We've head to Houston. Miss Tessmacher that is now actually helps Lex escape. Um, they ditch Otis in the hot air balloon. Holy fucking uh, Stockholm syndrome there, right? Like she, I mean, Lex almost fucking killed her mother in the last movie, and she's still here fucking breaking him out of jail. I guess I don't know, man. Either way, they start intercutting back and forth, right? There's a bunch of stuff going on here. So like, yeah, they ditch Lex, Otis. Lex just fucking disappears for like an hour after this. I mean, like, and eventually Miss Tessmacher literally just disappears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they come back from the North Pole, and she's just fucking gone from the movie, like inexplicably disappears from the movie. Yeah. So they intercut to the falls but like Lex sees a bunch of Kryptoni shit coincidentally he hears about Zod because fucking everything in these movies is just like a giant like whoopsie do happenstance where people just stumble into everything they need to know or it's just like be in the perfect spot it is it's there, but there's a lot in these movies where it's like <laughs> yeah. wow it's it's like so on the it's, nose it's silver age writing right like that's what they're it is. from is, is those old silver age stories it's crazy just like super convenient it happens just at the right kind of yeah right time yeah Either way, uh, Clark and Lois are now like we're in Niagara Falls, like on the Canadian side, on the Canadian side. Yeah, absolutely. Because it looks better from our side. Yeah, Yeah, it's like literally like a couple clicks up the street from me. Yeah, I go up to Niagara Falls 
never because I hate fucking touristy shit. But like, yeah, <laughs> been there a million times. Absolutely. Uh, so they go wandering around the falls. Some kid falls in because fucking kids got a death wish. Like there's a lot of people who just want to die in this universe or like really testing Superman's patience or whatever. Yeah, so this kid's fucking around on the rail. Lois is starting to suspect that Clark is Superman a little bit. Because Superman like obviously shows up, saves the kid, disappears. Clark misses the whole thing as he's off to get a hot dog or whatever for Lois. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, just the shallowest double entendre of all time. <laughs> you know, just like guys, pick, give her a different favorite food. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, either way. So they they have, like, there's all this back and forth stuff where like it's we're going back to the. Fortress of Solitude and like them being newlyweds or whatever. But like she's convinced now that Clark's Superman, she jumps in the fucking river. Clark saves her without revealing herself and still gets himself into the water. And this is like Chris Reeves best fucking sequence yeah. as Clark Kent in this movie where he's just yeah, like, he fucking sells the shit. Out of he's all. so good at selling all this nonsense. It's so great. Like he, he really like kept this movie moving for me. Like if he was not in this, like if they had anybody else, I'd be like, Oh my God, this movie is just like a, a hodgepodgey mess, like just an <laughs> editing disaster. But like, so yeah, <laughs> they end up back in their hotel room at like after they're both soaked in the Niagara river, which I don't actually think works the way that it's depicted in the movie, but fair enough. Either way, somehow Superman stumbles over a shag rug and puts his hand in the fire and really reveals that he's committed to that, that fucking clumsy Clark bit. I just, I'm like, there's no way he didn't do that on purpose. He had yeah. to have done that on purpose. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense for Superman. It's really this Superman who's just like above reproach when he's like as Superman, like people know that he's Superman just is whatever kind of weird either way. So they realize now that like, yes, Clark is indeed Superman. Lois has figured it out because Clark basically just tells her. So they need to talk. And now the movie slows to a fucking crawl for a little while while Zod takes over the United States <laughs> But I can only imagine, like, in 1980-81, when this shit came out, like, it would have been fucking... This this whole sequence would have been fucking gripping as hell. I've seen Man of Steel, though. You know what I mean? Like, I watched a city yeah. fall yeah. when Zod showed up. And, like, now this this feels so quaint. Yeah, as the fan- comparison. three Phantom Zone villains fucking, like, destroyed bumfuck Idaho, literally. Yeah, like, like, how do they fucking decide? Like, you're flying down. First of all, you can see the whole thing, right? Would you go to bumfuck Idaho first or would you go to someplace that you'll probably recognize from orbit as a, you know, metropolitan area like Metropolis or, you know, have them show up in Gotham first. You know what I mean? Shoot some shit in Chicago where they trash Chicago first. And this like before the any of these movies existed in the same universe. Maybe you don't have to say Batman. You just say Gotham because this, this way you also don't have to specify what city you're trashing in the United <laughs> States, right? You just Gotham is wherever no, across the think, Bay. According to Zack Snyder, Gotham on on a pretty obvious fucking like Hollywood back lot, right? Well, fair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of that like in that sequence, the the fight sequence, we're going to talk about Hollywood back lots a lot because yeah, that, that that fucking set was like being used for Bonanza or some shit like two weeks before this. Oh, the the town set? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I don't know. Zod's then now we're going to like trash it and take over the south and stuff like that, which I mean, good. I would I wish Zod on the south at this point. So, fair enough. <laughs> it's not the south. It is like literally Idaho. It's fucking it's flying. It feels like they're like they landed in yeah, like buttfuck Louisiana too, you know what I mean? Cuz that you know what it is? It's that sheriff. The sheriff is also yeah. he plays apparently it's the same character too, but he also plays uh, sheriff in like bumfuck nowhere in one of the 80s bond movies like uh dalton or roger moore 
Bond movie. And he plays the exact same character. Like he's doing the exact same shtick. Yeah. So it's really weird. So maybe that's why I, I, I always forget Idaho. They say in, Idaho multiple times, in, in, but in it living, looks like Deadwood. Die and the man with the golden gun. He played. There you go. He's in a couple of them. Okay, fair Sheriff enough. J.W. Pepper. Either way, this place looks like Deadwood in the 80s or whatever, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's so weird. So what happens here? The sheriff, blah, blah, blah. They zap a snake with heat vision, which is apparently funny. Turret stamp still looks fucking bored, which is great. Like, this is where it starts to get a little too goofy for me. Like, you can start to see the Richard Lester kind of coming through yeah. in a lot of, like, what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, either way, Soups and Lois now go to the Fortress of Solitude. Clark, well, sorry. I was going to say they bone down, but it's actually the other way around. Clark ditches his powers, and then they bone down, and then they get food. Yeah, no, they get food. Otherwise, he'd fucking blow a hole in Lois's back. Would he, though? Because, like, I mean, Lois and Clark are married. Like that we know in the comics, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, they never addressed that. this plot doesn't really hold water for me anymore. I guess, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in like going backwards to it, I'm like, oh, he has to give his powers. I've lived my whole life with Lois married to a completely powered Kryptonian Clark and they've had it and, and they've had a kid together now. So like, yeah. I know he is not shooting through her fallopian tubes or whatever the fuck Brody said in mall rats. Like I know it for a fact. You would think with all that advanced technology they have at the Fortress of Solitude, you'd figure out a way to not blow like the back of her off when he, you know, <laughs> finished. Or back of her head, you know, or whatever. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. This that that this whole thing bugs me. But either way, we'll talk about it later. Keep moving because again, episode long. Let's keep going. <laughs> so yeah, they go and bone. Great. Zod meets the president, and they. <laughs> I love this sequence because it's almost like gag reel central like they're knocking people through ceilings and stuff like that take over the white house completely bloodlessly it's basically a three stooges routine where they just knock a bunch of guys out yeah like with stuff and i'm like this would be so different in like if they actually did this in man of steel you'd be like watching them just vaporize everybody and shit and you'd be like it'd be probably a little bit scarier than it is here either way throwing dudes against the wall and they're just they just like plot like paste yeah well there's there's the one shot where Terrence Stamp pushes a guy through the wall, like at early on, like in this in the Hick Town or whatever, yeah. and he goes through the truck and shit. And I'm like, actually, no, he should just be basically paced against like yeah. the truck side. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like bones are jelly now. He should be fucking salsa. <laughs> so like, uh, either way, like again, if you did this in the boys, they would it totally do. Like, yeah, Homelander pushed him, and he just like fucking pancaked against the wall or yeah. whatever. So great. The reason why I hate the ditches is powers things because he's powerless for about 15 minutes in the movie. It's like they never do anything with it because they literally leave the fortress and then Clark gets beat up and then they find out that Zod has taken over the States. So he literally just turns around and fucking heads back to get his powers back <laughs> 10 minutes after he loses. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's like really bad. Like, I don't know who cut this shit together? It's and somehow, I, I no, no, somehow he finds a land bridge between where Alaska, I'm guessing, and the North Pole, which doesn't actually exist. I I don't know where they are. I always assume they're in Canada. Like, I assume he's North Pole, like means Canada, North Pole, right? But, like, yeah, not American horse like, shit. I mean, I'm just going comics. Like, canonically, well, I mean, it's it's gone between. You know, the Arctic, like North Pole and Ar- and Antarctica is, is, je- is traditionally where the fucking Fortress of Solitude is. Okay, fair enough. Either way. Yeah, so he goes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> goes right back. Oh, Lord. Well, I fucked up. Yeah. 
So, yeah, he fucked up. He has to go talk to his mom, wanders back up north and finds the, the original green crystal that we are going to see multiple times throughout the series. We saw it in the first one, seeing this one, and it will make a return in the fourth one. Woohoo! Can't wait for that one. And I think it fucking comes back in Superman Returns, too. It does. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. That's right. Oh, God. I kind of blanked that movie out. That's going to be a tough one for me to get through. I'm glad Steven's going to be there for that episode. You can make him do the plot of that nonsense. <laughs> you just warn him in advance. Like, you're telling the plot. Because Mark will kill me if I make him do it. Because I, I fucking can't do it. Like, I can't. I don't even know how I'm going to watch it. It's going to be hard. Either way, so Lex meets Zod and company in Washington, tells them about Superman, like all the backstory there. Somehow Lois gets in time, gets back to Metropolis in perfect time for Lex and Zod and company to go and kidnap her. The coincidental timing of everything that is going on is just like, it's too much for my, you know, post-crisis brain to handle, I guess. Like, I need some verisimilitude or whatever. None of this makes any fucking sense. It's all way too, like, happenstancy. Yeah. So, like, Lois... Like the, yes, she's got back to Metropolis just in time for Lex to use her as bait, of course. And of course, I mean, at that point, Zod rips her head off because Superman doesn't exist anymore and moves over again. Wait, no, no. Superman shows up in the nick of time because what the fuck else is Superman going to do is show up in the nick of fucking time. Isn't that part of the goddamn theme song from one of the animated shows back in the back in the day? <laughs> shows up, maybe that's Spider-Man. Maybe I'm thinking of Spidey. <laughs> Happier times. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to have the fight in Metropolis, which, uh, sight gag, horrific. It's, and like, it is tonally all over the place. Like, half of it, half of it is great, and half of it is like, what the this fuck? This movie is like, and that's something I'm going to talk about when we get to like talk about the movie overall. This movie is totally just fucking all over the place. Like, it's it just is, like yeah. whiplashy back and forth, like scene to scene. It's like, what the fuck is going on? But this is like, oh, wow, we're leaning right into slapstick now. Like, this is a Richard Pryor movie before Richard Pryor shows up, basically. Yeah. Like, it just gets like really the, goofy. the five-minute super breath uh, fucking oh sequence. God. I mean, it doesn't. it's probably only like two minutes, but it feels like it's about like half an hour. It feels hour. like forever, yeah. <laughs> and like, the rest of the fight doesn't feel like it lasts that long. But either way, so they have a flight in Metropolis. They slowly fly around each other because like, it's three people flying. And you know what I really noticed? I was going to talk about this. Chris Reeves still looks good in the harness. The other three look really uncomfortable. Like every shot of them in the harnesses yeah. looks not great. Yeah, their flying is not great. Yeah. Which just highlights more like how much Chris Reeves fucking sold that. that yeah, like he's know, so good. Right? And everything, right? Yeah. You should, it's too bad. Like apparently they hated each other. Like all four of them fucking hated each other on set. Oh, it's too bad they couldn't get like all of them to have some flying lessons with him. Cause like, yeah, he looks like he's moving properly and they all just look like they're hanging, like terrified that they're going to fall almost the whole time. Um, either way. So they fly around each other slowly, knock an antenna down, start some car fires, beat up and like non underground. So we don't get to see the actual fight, stop a gas truck from blowing up. Lots of super breath in this sequence. Like this is one of those, like this is like a superpower you don't see used that often anymore, but it's like, it's all over this movie. It's all over all these movies, actually. They use it a ton. What else do you do? So they kind of basically stop the fight when Superman realizes, like, he's at a disadvantage. Like, he's trying to save the citizens while the Kryptonians, like, they just don't give a shit and are indifferently trashing everything in the city. So he takes off. They make fun of him for being a coward, but really, he's doing the right thing. As we'll see, we'll talk about Man of Steel, where he kills 13 million people or whatever. Superman retreats back up north to the Fortress of Solitude. They got a lot of use out of that Fortress of Solitude set. Let me mm. tell you what in this movie. I didn't realize it until like rewatching it this time that like you spend a ton of time on that set. So they got their money's worth on that. 
So Zod and company, again, grab Lois and Lex. Lex just like a bad penny keeps hanging on to dear life here. Gene Hackman's really good in this, but like you can tell he's not 100% on board for what's going on either. Yeah. So we we're now we're up at the North Pole. They show up and fight a bit. And this is where the goddamn cellophane S happens and the telekinesis stuff happens or like the weird, like eradicator power beams or whatever the fuck is going on. I don't know what's happening with all the powers here and the the fucking cellophane S. Yeah. The cellophane S like, that's the big, like what the fuck guys? Like I've never, that doesn't even make sense. Like I get like even the, the finger beams. I'm like, okay, eradicator. That makes kind of sense to me. Like it's a Mm. Kryptonian thing. You can kind of track it off or whatever. I've seen Superman shooting shit out of his hands before is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Like it it tracks visually to me a little bit, but like, first of all, heat vision. (laughs) Why are you using that when they all have heat vision? Anyway. Yeah. Now also the teleportation is where this starts getting weird because they start teleporting around the fucking fortress. And then and at this point, I'm like writing in my notes, Tim, I fucking hate you. I hope you die in your sleep. Why did you make me watch this fucking thing? I had Rosie. I had beautiful memories of these movies with Christopher Reeve that I would have never fucking tarnished by watching them again. But no, Tim wants to do a series because I did Batman. We got to do Superman movies now. Watch fucking Margot Kidder and Chris Reeve like be all cutesy wootsy together again. That's the, the, the very top of my what did you like is the the two of them like i don't even see them as actors yeah like the way you see like body chris like evans is captain america or like robert downey jr is whatever i just see like superman and clark kent on or superman and Mm -hmm. clark kent and lois lane on screen with these guys it's craziness either way so this yeah (laughs) (laughs) they've teleported around soups gets the advantage on zod just as ursa grabs lois they kind of trade and then Clark, or fucking whatever, Superman, I gotta call him 15 different names at this point. Superman tries to get Lex to get the three villains into the chamber that he used to take his powers away earlier in the movie. Knowing full well that Lex is going to double cross him, he set it up in reverse so that when he goes into the chamber, he's protected from the effect. And he comes out and is just a sadistic prick, crushes Zod's hand, <laughs> picks him up by the balls, and tosses him into just a pit, kills killing him. him. Straight yeah, up, just kills him. Straight up fucking murders Zod. Nod kills himself because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking idiot dies. Nod just, just thinks he can still and fly. Then, and then, even better, Lois Lane, cold-blooded, fucking murders Ursa, too. Ursa, yeah. Just knocks her <laughs> yeah. off into a chasm as well. Just murders all three of them. I think they killed, like, if they didn't show Lex Luthor in a later movie, I would have thought they killed fucking Lex by the end of this shit, too. <laughs> Either way, it's almost over, guys. We're almost done. So I'm assuming Clark returned Lex to prison. He shows up at the Daily Planet the next day to check in on Lois, and she's crying, and none of this shit makes sense to me because, like, they can't, like in these movies, for some reason, they're like, they can't be together while he's still Superman, whereas in my brain, I'm like, I've read comic books since I've been alive where they're always together, and he's Superman all the time, so what the <laughs> fuck? Who cares? Which apparently they get to in continuity at some point. Somebody decided that that was going to be a thing eventually, so I guess they get together eventually. Yeah, so he gives her the amnesia kiss. Fuck. <sighs> This is just like, there's a lot of... They, super... never, they never even explain. There's no Chekhov's gun or anything. You know, it's never like foreshadowed or anything. We're just supposed to be like, oh yeah, of course Superman can make people forget shit with a kiss. There is some super dickery in this movie. And then there is some super dickery in this movie. <laughs> and knocking somebody up and then 
making her forget that you had the sex in the first place. Wow. <laughs> this was not thought about when they wrote this properly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember. So that's does that, cool. Does that one stick around in the Donner cut or not? We'll have to see. I don't remember. If I watched, I can't, it's been so long since I watched the Donner cut. I like, I, I probably watched it like when I got the DVDs and I don't think I really watched them. Like, I don't care for the Donner cut actually because of the way it's not finished. Right. Like it's herky jerky. And like the mm-hmm. ending is the fucking ending of one. And like, because you've seen one, the way it is, it doesn't fucking track properly where he does the same fucking thing twice. Yeah. It's like, Oh, whatever. Lame. Anyway, it just bums me out. The amnesia kiss bums me out is basically where I'm at with it. It's just disappointing to me. Either way, also, she's pregnant. So Superman, uh, he's on his little world tour, just writing all the little wrongs that have been done to him in this movie. He goes up north and he beats the shit out of a trucker. It's pretty satisfying. I mean, it's cool to watch, but at the same time, it's just like, um, you're a (laughs) walking god. And now you've just... (laughs) I appreciate that he let him like just punch punch his like rock solid abs and like it's just shatter his hand his fucking hand is like in a trillion pieces like <laughs> he's like he didn't do more to him to be fair like he's like he put him through a wall i guess or like i don't know he goes in what is it the pinball, the machine? pinball machine i don't remember this. yeah the pinball machine i mean he's just kind of an asshole I guess. shards out of his glass or out of his ass out of his ass for weeks sounds like a fucking party to me you know i guess <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Uh, Superman then brings a new flag and dome to the White House and lies to the president by telling him they'll never disappoint him again. In certain continuities, apparently he will greatly disappoint him again at some point. In the Superman Returns continuity, he definitely fucks off for years. Yeah, which is a super big, like, dickery move, which we'll talk about when we talk about Superman Returns. I'm interested how Steven's going to, you know, (laughs) rationalize that one to me. Also, the sex pervert stuff is kind of... Actually, I guess it starts here because he basically rapes Lois because he wiped her memory of the sex and then yeah, she's not the sex itself is consensual. Of... But yes, yeah, yeah, but like there's some weird implications. Yeah, is not weird cool. implications yeah. by of all this stuff. So that's kind of interesting. So that's Superman 2 in a nutshell, because now we get to do the, and like, again, he does the flyby out in space. And it's great because Christopher Reeve doing the flyby in space, which you love. And we get back to the score, which I'm like literally wrote in my notes. I am as I'm writing these exact words, I'm sitting here re-listening to this fucking score as it plays through the credits. And I'm writing the end of these notes because the score is fucking amazing still. Yeah. Like, I mean, the best part of this not, movie might actually be the score. <laughs> there's, there's nothing new about it. It's it's, it's just, no, it's still know, the same score, but yeah, it's fucking well, great. John like, Williams so had good. nothing to do with the score in this movie. Like he yeah. you know, reused it and had uh, another dude uh, sort of just, you know, reshuffle some oh, of his, uh, themes wait. and shit. I did have one last note. The movie immediately triggered me as the credits started by saying Superman three is coming. And I was like, Oh no, please dear God. Get ready. Oh no. Oh no, please dear God. Oh no, please dear God. Oh no, please dear God. I'd rather watch (laughs) Superman four. Anyway, so there we are. Superman two in a sarcastically told nutshell. Uh yeah, not not as good as as the first, but still has it still has a lot to love. There's like charm to it. Yeah. It's just it's a it's messy, right? Like it's very hodgepodgey. Like you can feel like you feel the tension on the set. Yeah, in certain scenes, you can feel how slipshod the edit is throughout, especially the middle part. Like there's a big chunk in the middle. It's just like, ooh, this movie just slow to a crawl, and like Zod taking over the United States should be fucking dope and exciting. It's the most boring sequence of the entire movie. Like it should be horrifying and cool to watch. And it's just like, wow, Terrence Stamp looks real bored. I like, I appreciate 
I appreciate everybody's nipples. You know what I mean? In those <laughs> yeah. outfits. Yeah. Because I really like that. The Ursa did like that woman did something to me because that is like, yeah, that worked for me. And I was like, oh, that must have done something to me as a young child. Sleeves and everything. Yeah, and like it's the old pixie recent. cut and stuff. Yeah. I was on t- I was on board. So yeah. I don't know. That must have, that must have affected me at a young age. So there's that. <laughs> and then like yeah, I mean like, Terrence Stamp's great though. She's I great. Agree. Non's fine for what he has to do. Non's Non's so cute. He's this guess. big, big lovable lug. He, he actually reminds me of Paul. <laughs> he's kind of got the same facial structure and like the same facial hair. Paul should cosplay as Non. <laughs> It probably is pretty similar height as well. Probably. Pro- <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he would rather go like do Terrence Stamp and make me be non, but I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, no. I, well, that's the thing is like anytime Terrence Stamp actually has lines, it's just fucking captivating as shit. Like, it's the just, best. Like, I love just listening to him deliver those lines. As just God. chewing like, the scenery. Yeah, He's yeah, so absolutely. like over the top and hamming it up. Like this is a Shatner-esque performance at its finest, like just over the top. So yeah, yeah. I was pretty on board. I like, yeah, I like the delivery that. just really fucking sells, sells that for me. And I mean, even with those, those costumes are fucking ridiculous and they're dated as shit, but he, again, he just fucking set like him and Ursa both fucking sell it so well. Yeah, I can't yeah. can't be that mad at it. Like he just he's good. He's menacing. And, like, and they've kind of codified those looks. Like when they brought these characters into continuity in the comics, they were they they were basically in the same outfits. Like, and yeah. they were Terrence Stamp and uh, I can't remember the the woman's name. Wish I just had it up. Uh, ah. Woman's name is Ursa, Ursa. Ursa is Sarah Douglas. Yeah, Sarah Douglas. And Jack O'Halloran is none. Yes. He's been in other stuff too. I've seen him elsewhere. Like he oh, plays yeah, like sure. the heavy and tons of shit. So, yep. Uh, like they're all really good in this. Like everybody's good again. Like everybody comes to play. Even Gene Hackman. Like you can tell he's not super stoked to be there, but like he still is like taking the opportunity to ham it up as best as possible, right? So mm-hmm. like, so there's that. Yeah. Jackie Cooper gets the fun beat where he gets like knocked out and shit. So like that's <laughs> great, you know. Yeah. They do weird shit like. Uh, Miss Tessmacher disappears, which is bizarre, but like it's nice. Like Valerie Perrin is funny in that role, even though she is like when weird and stepfurdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that's great, fine, you know. Yeah. Like it's funny, like the Jimmy in this movie. Like I hate, I hate that kid. Like the Mark whoever Peter. plays Jimmy. Yeah, and I, I never liked the Jimmy. <laughs> Luckily, they don't do much with him. <laughs> no, they don't. But he, he's so like the G golly silver age Jimmy Olsen. It just like he really is. Greats, yeah. it grates my whatever that grinds my gears so either way <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm with you i mean the fucking lois and clark are the heart of this movie once again they keep fucking things moving you know they yeah. just it's just more of that fantastic chemistry between chris reeve and margaret kidder i'm curious if they hooked so much so that i'm curious if they hooked up like on set i wouldn't be surprised i mean I if you were margaret either. kidder would you not just be like fucking throwing your pussy at chris reeve He's so good looking, you know. What I mean? Like I always forget, like when you don't, you haven't seen these movies in forever, and you kind of he like his life ends tragically and stuff like that, and you you kind of remember him like later in life, but like you watch these movies again, you're like, holy fuck, was he good looking? Like, yeah. what a slab of beef that man is, eh? Well, just like I, I just that thirsty ass look that Clark gives Lois at the Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> where he, he walks her over, yeah, to his Kryptonian fuck. <laughs> pad or whatever that thing was like it's not even it's like a bed but it's like a weird cradly balloon animal thing i don't know what's yeah. going on there like you can legit see lois's panties get wet when he gives her that look oh yeah yeah <laughs> 
she looks a little disappointed when she loses he loses his powers because you could tell like she's she seems like a woman of the world who'd be like there's some shit he can do with those powers that would be <laughs> fucking mind-blowing and now i don't he get to jackhammer me into oblivion he could probably vibrate like <laughs> at a molecular level like how good's that gonna feel right so yeah, like yeah. i don't know but then there's just so much, so much more great Chris Reeve doing Clark kind of thing. Like he's so mm-hmm. adorable. That whole sequence in the honeymoon suite with Lois, like trying to like smoothly suggest that they share the vibrating bed and everything is such a great yeah. bit. The it's a live line is always one of my favorites. Like, cause you got like yeah. thinking about the context of like, he, that's all he has to decide to say that. <laughs> cause he, know, he, he knows, right? Like he's not actually Clark, right? Like it's him acting all the time. Yeah. So you're, you're always paying I always pay attention to those little bits where like he says something really ridiculous as Clark Kent that like obviously he's doing as a joke to himself almost. Yeah. yeah. At that point. So like yeah. it's alive. I was like, oh, that's so good. I love those little <laughs> moments where he does shit like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like he crushes his or he crushes his thumb earlier, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. supposed to like a little cutesy bit. And it's like, oh yeah. He does and it completely the, on juicer. purpose to be the butt of the joke. Yeah. 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 And then uh, this whole sequence of Lois, you know, gradually figuring out Clark. I mean, it fucking just works for me. It's classic. Yeah. You know, it's it's Lois Lane. She's not fucking stupid. As soon as she gets a whiff of it, she's going to put things together pretty quickly. And yeah. yeah, like Clark kind of ends up putting things off a little bit by, you know, saving her without actually having to reveal a secret identity. But I, I, that is, you know, Lois putting herself in danger just to fucking prove her point is so in character so like oh yeah so yeah. on brand um and then clark going so far as to fall in the water when he's trying to help her out just to sell his perfect. disguise a little bit further it's perfect just, just perfect and i know we talked last time about like you know seeing that moment of the change in physicality between clark and superman and then we yeah, he does the, it again in the next scene yeah when he does it fucking from behind you know, he yeah. does, you, you can just see him from behind when he like turns off Clark in front of her. And even with his yeah. back turned, you can see like his whole fucking physical presence changes. And all yeah. you're seeing is his back like that. That physical acting is just so we, good. like he looks like he grows four inches when he does it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's why it's so cool to look at because he's a very tall man. Like He's six foot three or something like that. Yeah. At his prime or whatever. He slouches from like six one to like six three, six four when he puts his head back and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Like, it makes this such a huge difference. And I wish they would do shit like that still. Like, you had somebody who could pull that kind of stuff off. Yeah, instead of, instead we got, like, fucking... Like, I'm like, I like Cavill, but yeah. he's, like, built, like, a fucking house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't... I can't, like, buy him doing, like, slouchy Clark and, like, nobody noticing Clark, the fact... But, it's, I mean, it's nowhere near as good as Reed, but... No, it's more, it's more modern Clark, too. Like, it feels yeah. like the Clark I read in the comics now when I do read Superman stuff. Like, it, it felt fine, you know what I mean? But, like, he's just such a hulking fucking dude. Like, he's so just... Yeah. Like, beefy it's that it's impossible. Yeah. yeah, like, he's ripped as fucking shit. It's, like, it, it's harder to turn this off with him. Whereas with Reeve, he's so good at doing that, like, hunched over. He's not super jacked as Superman. He's jacked, like, natural jacked as Superman kind of thing. So it works a little bit better. I don't know. We can talk about when we get the Man of Steel, just, like, which one of these guys actually does it the best, I guess, because that would be, like, the, the end point of all this stuff. But yeah. 
it's the super, it's the animated guy. It's the same as the same answer as the Batman stuff. The animated <laughs> guy is the best one. <laughs> mm, no, that's a tough call for me. No, Chris Reeve actually is probably the best one yeah. for sure. So going back to the Phantom Zone villains, I, I just really appreciate that scene on the moon. It's such a good introduction to them. I, I yeah. can only imagine that's got to be one of the Donner. That's scenes. Donner. Yeah, it's got to um, be a Donner scene. But because it's so effective, it, it illustrates immediately how much of a threat they are because they're just like remorselessly killing those astronauts, like just as a fucking experiment to figure out like the, you know, the extent. Of yeah. They're just like, Oh, shit. like, well, look how powerful we've suddenly become. Like yeah. what, what can we try this out on before we head to the planet? Or, oh, look at these fucking weirdos doing, what are they doing over here? Let's go kill them first. Yeah. And see what they're up to. And then we'll head on to the next place. Yeah. And Zod is just totally fucking ruthless. Like he immediately picks up on Superman's weakness that he, you know, will that he will go out of his way to protect yeah. the people rather than fight and try and stop him. And that's, you know, that, that, Again, that's uh, I said on one of our on our post for the last episode, you know, that the, the, these are the types of stories that I love is where the villains realize that they can play off of Superman's morality and use that to their own advantage. Yeah, those are the villains that work the best against Superman, because like brute force villains are just so rarely done well when you're writing them against Superman. And I think that's why, like now Zod's become like and it's this movie that made Zod kind of like uh, a figure in Superman lore, right? Like he was never really a big deal before this movie. Like he's there, yeah. but like, it's not as big. Like it, he became like, not in anything outside the comics, basically. Yeah. Yes. But like he became like, people know Zod as one of Superman's nemesis is now the way you kind of know, like you don't just know the Joker, right? Like yeah. Superman's Joker is Lex Luthor, arguably, but like, who's his Bane? It's probably Zod, right? Yeah. And I say Bane is a modern comic book reader who, thinks Bane is fucking badass, not a mindless brute also. Yeah. So whereas up to this point in like Comic Bane is not an idiot. Yeah. So whereas up to this point in like some of the other media, like the earlier shows and like uh yeah. animated series and stuff like that, it might have been like Brainiac or something like Probably that. Probably Brainiac, yeah. Been, yeah. So this kind of really does seem it's weird how like often in like the making of these we should almost do a wrap up episode about these and like do like Superman lives or something like that and talk about all the movies that didn't happen in this yeah. series eventually. Yeah. Cause that was Brainiac was going to be Brainiac comes up constantly. Yeah. And has literally never been done except for in the animated movies once and the, and the big skull ship and everything. And yeah, like they've never done that stuff, and they, but they talk about it constantly and all the movies that they never, they didn't make. It's always like Brainiac's going to be the villain. And then like the movie doesn't happen. And then another one and like it's odd again or yeah. whatever. And who was it that did that really good modern take? Was it, uh, I think it was Jeff Johns and like, it was Andy Jeff Peter. Johns. Andy, Andy uh, no, it was actually, it. it was Gary Frank. Oh, right. And Gary Frank drawing it. Yeah. I actually read that because Gary Frank was drawing it. And I like, I like a good Brainiac story. So yeah, I was, was kind of on board. A good yeah. modern take that they could, I think, easily adapt into like a big budget movie or miniseries or something. The animated movie was pretty good, actually. Like it adapted yeah. well to the animated movie. So like, I, like, again, yeah. Like if you were going to do like another Superman sequel, fucking bring Brainiac and do that. Yeah. Like, don't bring Jesse Eisenberg back. Bring Henry Cavill back and go do Brainiac. <laughs> well, I mean, you can bring Eisenberg back, too, because, you know, there's tons. There's that whole, you know, partnership between Brainiac and yeah. Lex in the comics and shit like that that's happened many times over the years, too. Yeah. So. Oh, and JLU, too. Like, they use that yeah. in Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. 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 Speaking of, of Lex, Pacman doesn't get as much time here, but I do like the interplay with Lex and Zod in this because only Lex Luthor would have the fucking audacity to think that he could manipulate and like make deals with this, these three, like just fucking murderous ass Kryptonians. Like, 
Uh, Gene Ackman, like I, I mean, I'm sure he's. I, there's probably some horrible story about him somewhere, but like I, he's great in these movies, and I just yeah. like watching him do Lex in these movies. Even though, like I hate this version of Lex, like the griftery, like mad sciencey Lex. I'm like, I'm not really there for it. I like Clancy Brown executive mm-hmm. Lex, but like I love Gene Hackman Lex so much so that like Kevin Spacey Lex makes me want to put a goddamn pen in my eye. So yeah, like him doing him trying to do Gene Hackman in that movie is like the most painful part of that movie. In a, a movie of pains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Gene Hackman, it's just like he's one of a kind. So, like, you can't replace that kind of energy. And, like, sure. yeah, he's every line is great. Like, he doesn't have a lot of them, but, like, he fucking plows through them. Like, asking yeah. for Australia and stuff, glorious. Good times. <laughs> and then I just, I love that Superman just knows fucking Lex's number already. And, yeah. you know, basically turns the tables on Lex, like does exactly what he knows Lex would do to him kind of thing, you know, that to, to manipulate and everything and, and, and just straight up plays them. Yeah. You almost want there to be like a little bit of line of dialogue between the two of them that indicates that they've had more interactions than just like the, the original Superman, yeah. the movie interaction where it's like they're, they've, they've run, like he's escaped and they've run into each other a couple times mm-hmm. and like just do it as a noodle incident. Right. But just have dialogue like again, God damn it, Luther, would you just stay in jail? I'm going to catch you every time. Every time, you know what I mean? Like, after, like and you do the, you do exactly the MCU thing. You do like again after Budapest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just go, re- like, just do that, and then just drop references that off camera kind of thing, and indicate that there's like more shit going on in the world kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things that I mean, they just weren't doing it this time, like they were. Yeah. But you know, but in retrospect, yeah, I, I I really appreciate those the situations now where we just like get dropped into, you know, the middle of somebody's career kind of thing. And we're like, okay, there's clearly a bunch of history between these and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Why does it always have to be the first time that this villain has encountered this uh, hero and shit? So yeah, just just the evolution of the genre. But, you know, like we said with the first movie, it is surprising with how many things, modern comic book movies lifted from this. In this case, I mean, yeah, some of the fucking comedic beats go way the fuck overboard, but a lot of them Um, are like tonally really similar to a lot of the little MCU comedy beats and shit like that, where there's a pretty heavy scene and they'll just drop in a little like in this case, like, you know, you're seeing Lex fucking walk around the Fortress of Solitude and you're like, holy shit, this is bad. And then Miss Tessmacher starts lamenting that there's no bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that stuff's good. It's the guy like still talking on the phone while he's yeah. getting blown away. That oh, I'm yeah. like, all right, this is a little bit too much for me. Yeah. And Zod thinking that Earth is called Houston and shit like. See that, that shit work like that shit. That's Donner funny. You know what I mean? Like I, that that tracks yeah. with the original movie's sense of humor. Like that's funny. Like actually funny. Whereas like the slapsticky shit. Like that's where you can see kind of the pasted on, like Richard Lester stuff. Because yeah. it it's so tonally different. Whereas like that stuff's so slapsticky, yeah, versus yeah. like the kind of dry humor of like Zod thinking it's Houston or like the, like the president saying like, Oh my God. And him being like Zod, like to correct him. Mm. Like that's a fucking funny. I mean, it's kind of terrifying, but it's also kind of a funny beat too. Right. Like, so yeah, it's like, a, it's almost like a Thanos kind of line. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And that makes sense for Zod's character. Like, but it's just like that sense of humor doesn't track across into the Lester stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's a different sense of humor. Like that sense of humor is like Perry gets his head, plowed through the fucking ceiling gets knocked out Ooh, funny yeah. you know what i mean like that's that guy's funny versus <laughs> like <laughs> another and i guess this must be another of those like donner like had a little bit darker humor takes was this is something i only noticed this time through but in that op- or one of the opening scenes where they're talking about the 
Perry's office talking about the terrorist incident in France and fucking like Perry is like rearranging headlines on the paper that are saying like Paris bombed Paris destroyed. I'm just like, Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ, Perry. It's a little fucking premature, isn't it? I know. I know you know, like what, like it gets my like nostalgia nerd. Cause I used to have to do manual paste up like that. Like you yeah. do blue line paste up. I was like, Oh man, it would, now he'd just be sitting in front of a fucking Mac. Like, yeah. and just like pasting it up in InDesign click or something drag. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Click and drag basically like be putting his headlines into InDesign or what have you. Yeah. Now like that's like the old school shit. And the last thing I want to say in terms of things that that still do work and hold up for me is, yeah, there's I think there's more effects in this that don't work, but there are still a lot that hold up pretty well after fucking like 40 years. Some of it. Yeah. I'm like, it's but it's like it's one of those situations like we talked about where like uh, it's like one woman 84, right? Where like a couple shots are good, but a couple shots are bad. And Mm -hmm. like it it's in every scene. There's bad shots. Like it's yeah. not like there's one sequence that really works the whole way through and is tight. There's always a bad shot in every sequence, which always kind of drags me out a little bit. But we can, like, I try not to shit in the mouth of these movies' special effects too hard, given that it's like like they're forty years old and like yeah. they didn't have like you see CGI what computers look like. Yeah, it's not CGI <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. Like CGI at this time looked like what was in Star Trek Two because it's around the yeah. same era and like it, not what you want to see in a movie. You know, <laughs> it's not fucking Thanos or whatever. So. But like 80, 85% of that, like final battle is pretty effective. You know, there's so tame is kind of like where I get, cause like you see it's... man of steel and you're like, yeah, yeah. This feels like it feels so boxed in compared to like what it we is. get. It's another situation where I'm not sure how much of it is the effects and how much of it is just the actors really fucking committing. Yeah. Well, like that's why you're you're kind of in it a little bit more because like everybody's so good in it, and like Chris yeah. Reeve really sells like oh I'm I don't want any of these people to die. Like he's playing Superman. Like I don't see him as Chris Reeve when I'm watching the movie. I just see Superman. It's yeah. crazy how like that works. Like versus like the modern stuff now, where it's like I know it's Ben Affleck as Batman or whatever. But like mm. when I see these movies, I'm like oh that's just Superman. Like that's who that's fucking Superman. Yeah. Like, that's the real guy. Like they just shot a documentary of the real guy, basically. Is how these like they work in my brain. These movies, like especially the in that final battle, the expression that Soups gives when he like starts to realize that the Phantom Zone villains really do have the upper hand. Like you can see that concern and frustration in his face. Yeah, like you know, even though it's not like you know some big fucking overarching like city destroying battle or whatever, you still that sells the gravity of that fight. Yeah, more than anything. yeah, no, like he's he he does all the work in this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all on the actors in this movie. Yeah, because like I think I think that sequence, like to modern audiences at least, is a little bit of a, like it's a little bit of a letdown compared yeah. to what you would be expecting now. So yeah, in terms of enough. action, anyways. But yeah, like yeah, in terms that, of action, the one thing that surprised me in terms of stunts was especially in that uh, like Idaho scene or whatever. The helicopter crash kind of got me. Was well, I was like, oh, wow, they spent some money there. Like, yeah, well Volta. that. And, and the, the number of explosions and stuff that they do, like, right next to actors and stunt people and shit, like, where you can see, you can see them, like, flinching and shit, like, holy fuck, like, that was close to me. Right like, next to me. Debris and shit like that from that fucking explosion is hitting me and shit. And I was like, yeah. that is, I don't think you could get away with that today. Unions would not let you do that shit. All that shit would be CGI now anyway. And as we'll talk about in 2013, you know what I mean? Like, it, we'll get there. We're like, yeah, that kind of stuff happens in Man of Steel. And, like, the most of it's CGI anyway. So. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else before we... I mean, we've already been griping a little bit, but... 
Do you have any? Uh, I mean, like in terms of stuff I like, I mean, the score is still great, even if it is like a kind of a hodgepodge of John Williams stuff. And like this new guy whose name I cannot recall. I did look it up, but I don't care. <laughs> Ken Thorne. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's fine. Is there anything else that we, we didn't shout out that I that I like in this movie? I still kind of like the fact that they deface Mount Rushmore, but like that's just it's such a fucking cheesy ass scene. It's such a bad special effect too; like it looks it terrible. Too, but like yeah. it's it's great. Like I just love the idea. Like they bother to take the fucking time. Like who cares? <laughs> but like okay, yeah. And the fact that they can just like fly by and completely resculpt the faces. Well, we're gonna watch Superman rebuild the Great Wall of China with his eyes in a couple weeks. So like, <laughs> whatever, man. These movies are like complete fucking nonsense. Like just complete nonsense. It's so it's true. Anyway, let's. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if we want to get into gripes, like we can talk about pacing. Like it's it's hodgepodgey. Like it's not edited proper. Like it's yeah. kind of edited weirdly. The the middle section where like Clark loses his powers and Zod takes over. Like there's about a like 45 minutes of this movie that feels like three fucking hours for some reason. It's just. I mean, it's. I think it all comes down to directorial choices in the end. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. just so many weird ones and, and weird. And I'm sure part of it is, you know, the fact that they're kind of having a, you know, cut and paste this together from two different people's fucking ideas. Yeah. And, and ideas and shit like that. But yeah, there's just so many things that just don't make sense and don't fit in. Yeah. The, like the Niagara Falls sequence, right? Like I like yeah. that sequence, but it's like, it's very long and you could have done that way more efficiently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's lots of spots where like they do stuff like Idaho should have been way more interesting. Like just butt fucking a you know country town yeah. when you're like these three Kryptonian gods is not super impressive. Like I get budgetary constraints and stuff, but it's like okay, so they show up in Chicago and trash Chicago. Do some matte paintings of a devastated Chicago and just be like, that's what Zod did first, and then you know like build the stakes a little bit. But like, yeah, I don't know if they could have gotten away with that in 1980. But- <laughs> I guess, but like it makes it, it just doesn't make any. It's just so weird. They 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 one little town. And like yeah. the president's kneeling. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I agree that that sequence is not as impactful. Again, it's something that probably would have been a lot more impactful in 19 fucking 80, but it just doesn't hold its impact today. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all like in retrospect, right? Like, cause when I was a kid, this is my favorite of these fucking movies. I watched Superman two more than I watched any of the other ones. <laughs> like even the first one, I watched this one way more because more action in theory. Like you love Zod and stuff, right? Ostensibly. <laughs> Rewatching it, you're like, oh yeah, the MCU has really fucked this up for me. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? Hey, and and the fucking and the DCEU stuff, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I also like it when the the movies have scripts that aren't complete dog shit, Tim. So like, I generally <laughs> skew towards my side of the street for that. Well, so. in terms of the action side of things, you know, and, and yeah, getting absolutely. to see like yeah. a full powered Superman and Zod, like just fucking wreck a city kind of thing. We'll talk about. There's bits of Man of Steel that I fucking loathe. But there are bits of Man of Steel in terms of like the effects and like that kind of stuff where I'm like, I know it's shitty that he's trashing the town, but it makes sense and it looks fucking cool. Yeah. So I'm kind of on board. I'm a bad person, though. So, <laughs> but yeah, just so many weird directorial choices. Like, like we yeah. already talked about, like all the fucking jokes that Lester crammed into that the fight, not, not even the end fight entirely, but just in that fucking super breath sequence. Where the Phantom Zovils are blowing back the crowd. There's no way it needed to be that long. There's so much stick much in everything, though. Like slapstick in it. it but just, there's it, even it, it, there's it, stick in Idaho too, though. Like they they, yeah. they like the fucking like the 
oh god the jeep going through the fucking building and stuff and the guy who clearly should be dead wandering off like he's dizzy i'm like this is just slapstick nonsense like this is garbage but like all right all of that takes so much out of the stakes of this as well like you know if i yeah you know it doesn't fit with fucking terran stamps just like chewing up the scenery and being like oh my you know i'm the biggest fucking threat this planet has ever seen which she probably fucking is yeah you know like the fact that they are you know blowing a guy in a phone booth over and he's still trying to have his fucking conversation <laughs> yeah it, it really takes it just takes all the fucking like like yeah. stakes right out of everything and yeah, the you're guy absolutely that, you right know, oh my oh no i'm sorry i threw my fucking like fast food on my girlfriend and shit like that it's just really, the, the woman's like oh my hair no what yeah. are you talking about my hair like oh god yeah, really exactly. like with the wig jokes come on man yeah. And that's rough rough and just shit like that dumb fucking cellophane s that just, oh, I is hate just it. out of nowhere and makes no fucking sense there's a lot of like powers in this movie like like i mean the first movie ass pulls a lot of powers <laughs> but like this movie is just like a baffling amount of like just yeah. new shit just because we like to move the plot along or whatever like everybody's telekinetic all of a sudden yeah super super telekinetics and shit and it's very strange no sense it's just totally fucking out of left field like the fucking phantom zone villain should have the exact same power set as clark the only thing that is different is that there's fucking three of them and that they have no fucking scruples whatsoever that's their path yeah none of them and including superman none of them realize that they have super speed also (laughs) as a power (laughs) It's true, yeah. They don't. Well, I guess you know when they're when Superman's like flying, he flies real fast to Paris and shit. Like yeah, that. but I mean, like we see Superman do it because he knows he can, right? But he, we've seen him use the super speed stuff before because he does the drill bit and shit like that in the first one. So like you know he knows he can move faster than like humans can. They don't. He never uses that to his advantage. Like it's just like a lot of like if you've watched the first movie like twice or three times, well, four times now that I've watched this twice because the the opening credits is the entire movie. You know what I mean? You get the whole movie, which is a problem for me because it's just like 10 minutes of credits that I'm like, just, I like the score, but like fucking, can we get to the movie, please? Like, let's fast forward. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It it goes on kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's just so many things that just fucking go unexplained that whole, yeah, abs- they just fucking hand wave how Superman gets his powers back. Like we're we're just supposed to believe like he asked nicely the broken fortress, and they're like, okay, fine. It's just there's a lot of ass pulley stuff like regarding the fortress and traveling to and from the por- the fortress and, and like making duplicate hologram copies of himself. Except except one of them's actually a statue. I. He- <sighs> Again, and it's it's the sort of thing that like a good writer would fucking set that shit up when they're there like three times earlier in the movie. And okay, they're like, okay, it's still fucking stupid, but at least yeah. I was expecting it. At least you fucking foreshadowed it. Yeah, like if they had super like a Superman hologram talk to Lois while she's up there, at least yeah. then you'd be like, oh yeah, the holograms make sense because he did the hologram thing earlier in the fortress. Fine, yeah. like I can hand wave that. The cellophane S is still fucking baffling to me you know what i mean like yeah. it just doesn't make any sense and i can't believe that that soups would just fucking leave lex in the fortress of solitude at the end of all this with all that fucking like technology like how that's the worst fucking idea you've ever had clark the fact that he knows where it is is bad enough you know what i mean yeah. like you absolutely need to kill lex luther now like he absolutely like he, and that's probably what he did like i mean you know you, you see him show up in, in superman 4 but like you don't see him bring him back to jail again right like there's no scene like that where he brings because that happens in superman 4 i think but they don't do that this time so i'm like did he fucking kill him because like or leave him there to die like either way <laughs> i guess because like what the fuck 
I mean, I, I mean, this Superman obviously is killed. Like he kills a whack of people. Everybody shit on Henry Cavill for breaking Zod's neck, but like, well, I mean, that's Chris Reeve the, just like yeah. fucking huffs a dude into a fucking chasm and just like <laughs> starts cracking fucking wise. Yeah. Three seconds later, and I'm like, oh, that's how we're playing this. Cool. And then the fucking stupid amnesia kiss is dumb enough on its own, but they oh never God. like justify why. Lois and Clark can't be together anymore after that. It's just such a fuck. There's, there's yeah. no fucking build up to it. It's just out of nowhere. Like yeah. Clark just decides, no, nope, this can't work. And then we don't get any fucking insight as to why. Well, he hit, he hit it. So he quit it. <laughs> that, Cause that's kind of how it reads. You know what I mean? Like he got, he got laid and then he's like, well, uh, you know, wonder woman will show up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh. But then you find out like, he's, I don't know. Like he, like, cause like, it's obviously 17,000 different writers and like, we should stop talking about this fucking movie and get on with the fucking show and stuff. But like, it obviously like decisions were made later to like kind of rectify some of this stuff, but it's like it, the, the, yeah, it doesn't track with like what actually happens in the movie. Yeah. And so much of this fucking movie would just not have happened if Superman still had fucking super hearing like the, yeah. the, the phantom zone villain, like he, he when he was at the uh, Fortress of Solitude, he still would have had an ear on what's going on in the rest of the fucking world and would have heard like, holy shit, some bad shit's going on. And don't the robots kind of monitor stuff for him, too? There's no also. robots in this version of the. Uh, I know, but I mean, like, Fortress, doesn't the Fortress. Yes. Kind of, I mean, I guess like in theory, like the, the real Fortress like has robots that like kind of monitor shit because they do in like Return of Superman. That's like my most experience, like being in the Fortress and comics is yeah. the Eradicator stuff in there. And it's like he's he kind of like has them monitoring the news oh, and yeah, stuff for, for like sure. super events and shit. Yeah. So like that kind of tracks to me, but like this guy's just like, no, I'm up in the North pole. I'm getting laid. Fuck the world, you know? Yeah. So good. Get that dick wet. <laughs> Whatever fucking effect supervisor approved those flowy fucking costumes on the phantom zone villains. And then that they were going to do like chroma key on top of that. Just, yeah, it's a bad idea. Be, should be fucking fired. Cause they do not yeah. work. Like you cannot, fucking track those things not with the chroma key at all you can't do chroma through gauzy stuff yeah. right like that semi-transparent shit like you got it because that, that has to be rotoscoped and redrawn every time so like yeah. you wouldn't do it at all now that's why like spider-man never has the wings except for like for special effects shots because it's just a pain in the ass to constantly yeah. have to deal with that kind of semi-translucent idea yeah. in cgi no don't do it yeah. um yeah, yeah i mean like what else is there, is there anything else to gripe about like it's did you notice long. one of those fucking kids in the, the town in Idaho was apparently British? The kid that's like, please, sir, let my dad oh. down. <laughs> well, they sh- didn't they shoot most of this stuff in England? Like, this is all Pinewood, right? For the most part, like the sets and stuff. They shot the first one in, in England, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. With like location stuff in New York. But yeah. I'm pretty sure they did all the fly stuff in Pinewood because that's the big sound stages and stuff in London. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, totally. That That's, I mean. <laughs> It's almost like Willy Wonka. Can I have another? Yeah, it really is. Or, or like what? fucking Oliver Twist or some shit. Oh yeah, yeah some Dick and stuff <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little tonally weird, but like, whatever. I mean, Susan Thomas is—is is it Thomson? Thomas? 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 Oh man, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Ursa's actress is obviously clearly very British. Douglas. Also, and Terrence Stamp is Douglas. Yes, Sarah Douglas. Sarah Douglas, and then uh, Terrence Stamp obviously very British. Yeah. So like, yeah. All right, whatever. I don't know. Do you have anything else? No. I'm not looking forward to watching it again. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, then give this version of Superman 2 a rating out of 10 and your final thoughts. Ooh, probably 7 out of 10. And like, 
didn't hold up quite as like rosily as I would have had it in my brain, probably. Like I, I'm a little annoyed with myself for rewatching it because like I kind of ruined the, my impression of it, basically. Like it's still there's still parts of it that hold up definitely. Like uh, we talked about Margot, uh, Jesus, Margot, Margot Kidder. I always want to call her Margot Robbie every yeah. time Margot Robbie just <laughs> want to comes out of my mouth. Margot Kidder and Chris Reeve are still just like fucking magic together, and that really kind of carries you through the rest of the movie alongside like a little bit of help from like Terrence Stamp and Gene Hackman just chomping fucking every piece of set that they can find in every scene that they're in because they're either bored or whatever. They're having a competition. <laughs> they're like betting each other who could out ham each other. Yeah. So seven out of 10 still worth it. It's just like, it's a big step. I feel like it's a, yeah. before I would have said this isn't a big, like it's a, it's a, a step down from the first one, but not a huge one. Now I'd be like, yeah, it's a kind of a big step down. Like from like, I think I gave the other one 10 basically. And this is like a seven you gave so, no nine. Did I give it nine? Yeah. Nine. Yeah. I gave the other one like a pretty glowing, like right. high number. This is like, yeah, seven, six, seven. I say seven, probably more on nostalgia than anything else. Yeah. I I'm, I'm also sitting at like a seven out of 10. I mean, I think it was eight and a half out of 10 on the first Superman movie. It's still a fun ride in places, but it just, there's definitely areas where it drags and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just uneven. More, you know, yeah. the there's it's more the first movie is much more consistent and it's easier to get invested in it and just kind of get yeah. lost in it whereas with this it's easier to, you know, there's they let you uh, you can drift away from this movie really enough, easily. Yeah, to the, yeah. that that you start seeing more of the seams whereas you're just so bought into the first movie that yeah. you know, even when you can see the seams you don't fucking care. So Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then we can move on from uh, Superman 2 to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might enjoy. So, Mark, what's your Geek Cred for this week? Um, I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel. I know we, we've been talking about gaming and stuff a lot lately, and I, I'm always spouting off about fucking hardware and this, that, and the other thing. And I thought I should point some people in the right direction. So if you're looking for like gaming news and stuff and you're kind of hardware or like performance interested the digital foundry, which is obviously like a hugely popular site, but like go or group of guys that do stuff, but they're like my favorite guys for tech. Like they do everything. Like it feels like they're always on the up and up and like they get everything out quick and they just like a breadth and depth of knowledge on like graphic hardware and stuff like that. That is like unmatched except for like when you get into like specialists like gamers nexus and stuff like that who i also watch and recommend also but like digital foundry i've watched so much stuff like obviously the new consoles have come out so it's just been like week after week after week of coverage of like how the new consoles are performing and like you know this that and the other thing which is just endlessly fascinating to me so if you're sitting around watching a ton of youtube like everybody seems to be (laughs) while they're in lockdown and you're into video games or you're getting into video games or like you're curious about any of that kind of shit, go check out the digital foundry YouTube channel and like read the read and watch the reviews. Cause they're, they're usually pretty informative and like, will educate you on how like everything works in video game graphic world and stuff like that. So cool. there you go. My geek credit for this week is for a Netflix series that I watched the both seasons of so far. It's the Ricky Gervais series afterlife. Which I've been oh, putting, yeah, off, funny, putting eh? off. Yeah, I've been putting it off for ages because, like, I just wasn't in a good headspace for it because it's a very black comedy. Yeah, I watched that. Like, I watched the first season pre. I haven't watched the second season yet, uh, but I watched the first season like kind of pre-pandemic or like early pandemic, mm-hmm. probably. So it sat a little bit nicer. I I wouldn't want to watch any more of it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it, it deals a lot with like death and sort of grief and shit like that. You know, it's a black comedy, but 
dude, Ricky Gervais, whose wife has died of cancer and he's been contemplating suicide as a result, just doesn't see, you know, that he has anything else to go on for. I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. And I absolutely recommend you be in a decent to good headspace to watch it. Yeah. If you can get into it, it is, it's very touching and you know, it's, it's got a lot of nice character moments. So, I mean, I, I always appreciate that Ricky Gervais has a lot of sort of interesting things to say just about what it is to, you know, about like the human experience and shit like that. He's really good at doing that through comedy. I think if you liked Derek, uh, his last uh, series, you'll like this too, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of uh, Ricky Gervais. Like Ricky Gervais stand up is one of my like he's one of my go to guys for yucks. And I've seen him live actually once like he did Toronto. And yeah, it was pretty good. Like he's funny as fuck live. So yeah, yeah. it's always worth uh, seeing his stand up routines. His specials. I don't think yeah, that. his specials like his last one on Netflix almost fuck killed me. I was laughing so goddamn hard when he I think he recently came to a deal with Netflix where he's going to do yeah. at least one more season of Afterlife and it also included uh, at least one more special. As yeah, well. at least one more comedy special, which is great because his comedy like get all you can out of these guys while you can basically. Yeah. You well, know, he's one of so. those guys too that like won't put out something if he knows it's not good. Like he, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll wait until he knows he's got something to say before he actually like puts together a new special or a new show or something like that. So, yeah. you know, and, and he won't drag out a series longer than it deserves to be. Well, he's British. So like kind of they know how to do that shit. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like kill it before it gets tired. Yeah, two, so. three seasons and out or yeah. like two seasons in a special, like the, that, that, uh, the wrap up yeah. that kind of thing. It's just, just really works. So. All right. Well, with that, we can finish this episode. So thanks very much for listening, folks. If you would like to tell us what you think of Superman 2, the theatrical cut, or if you have anything to say about our opinions, you can talk to us on our Facebook page where we are most active, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can tweet at us at DRD underscore podcast. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast gmail.com. And if you are not already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other places that podcasts can be found. So with that, say goodnight, Mark. Neil before Zod. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't yell any Neil before Zod's first. Come, son of, come, son of Jerome. Ah, son of Jerome, Neil before Zod. Snoochie Boochies. Yeah, Snoochie <laughs> And this is Tim saying all Superman needed was a kryptonite condom. And this whole thing, that whole drama in the middle of the movie could have been avoided. Agreed. You notice he didn't like check in on his mom at all when all this stuff was happening either. This is true. She just doesn't exist anymore. By the way, I figured out, I, I, I knew that there's a reason Brando wasn't in this. It's because he fucking sued them at the end of the movie. Yeah. He didn't yeah I remember. Any and, and yeah, yeah. And then, and then they were like, they had to cut out all his fucking likeness because so they didn't have to pay him anything for this dude. Yep. Yep. Good times. Brando. You love him though, you know, because he's just—he's that prick. You know, yeah, he's that I mean, he's—he's he's very. It's—it's it's on brand for sure. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> are we done? Are we? Can we go? Yeah, we're done. Awesome.